Good evening, listeners, and welcome back to another thrilling, chilling episode of High Insight is Horrifying. I am your hostess with the most is Darth Jader, here with my co-host, Jason. Hello. You guys, we are kicking it back to the 80s once more. We're on quite the 80s kick lately, um, with all of our Lethal Weapon and Ferris Bueller and all that other exciting stuff. And this week, we are talking about the cult classic, 1987, The Lost Boys. Woo! Yeah. So welcome back to 1987, listeners, um, to this fantastic movie that just begs the question, would Billy Idol make a good vampire? No? No. <laughs> I mean, there are people who still think that, you know, Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise made good vampires, and they didn't. Kirsten Dunst was a better be- vampire than either of them. Uh, yeah, Scoo- to look for it. Yeah, Scooby-Doo was a better vampire. <laughs> He would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for us yeah, meddling yes, <laughs> yes, reviewers. Yeah. But, uh, Jason, I know we've got a special person in the studio with us. Why don't you introduce her to our listeners? We have the hardest working woman in show business. Boy, do we ever. We do. Uh, I, I'm very thrilled to have in our in our uh, studio today the, uh, the person who made the uh, production of Much Ado About Nothing that I directed uh, earlier this year made it happen, made it work. Seriously, though. Seriously. Allison Cowan, thank you very much for joining Woo! us. Woo! Now, let's talk a little bit about the movie. Anybody want to go for this? Well, I think Allison's the resident expert uh, on The Lost Boys. So, Allison, how about you, uh, for those listeners who may not be as familiar as you with the movie, why don't you give them a quick synopsis of what the movie's about? So the Lost Boys is um, a family, uh, two sons, and uh, their recently divorced mom moved to Santa Carla, California, and discover there's more to the, as they call it, the murder capital of the world. I thought Um, that was Atlanta. No. Oh, wait, that was 1996. Just kidding. Yeah, that was later. No, Santa Clara uh, had the title. Uh, in mm-hmm. the 70s, and then whenever they made this movie, everyone was all mad because they had like gotten rid of that, and then the movie brings it back. And you're just like, God, guys, we just moved away from this. And it, it was because of a serial killer, too. It wasn't like because of street violence. Well, no, wait, I, I thought I read this. Town of Santa Carla doesn't actually exist. Uh, yeah, but the, the place where they filmed it, which oh, is oh, Santa, okay. it was either Santa Cruz, Santa Clara. Yes, Santa like Cruz, Santa, where, Santa the, Cruz, where that yeah. boardwalk um, yeah. uh, carnival was. Yeah, the theme park. Right. So, sorry to interrupt you, Allison. Uh, so, we've got a family who comes and discovers that Santa Carla isn't quite what they expect. And why is that exactly? It's full of vampires. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Dramatic reverb. Somebody should make a movie out of it. Wait a minute. Well, it's, it's you know, it's the 80s. So, what do we start with? We start with, um, you know, we start with somebody who is changing situations that sort of thing, you know. It's our first day at work. Yeah, exactly. We're moving into the new neighborhood. It's always <laughs> going to end up being something like that. Yep. Yeah, and you know, I mean, look, it's a good way of starting a movie because this is how you introduce, you know, the the world, so to speak, to the audience and our characters. And you know, this is a movie that is hardcore 1980s. Oh, big time! So <laughs> from 1980s. the fashion to the. Oh, everything. The speech, like everything about it is so 80s. That one guy in the hood who looks like David Cross. Oh my uh, God, he does. He looks exactly <laughs> like David Cross. <laughs> uh, maybe a little better. He blew himself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but this movie, one, I'm glad that we picked this movie because whenever I was a, uh, a kid, this movie was really scary, you know, and it's not scary anymore. You know, as a grown up, it doesn't sure. even come close to being scary, but it scared the hell out of me when I was a kid. 
And also the people that I knew, the friends of mine, not friends, the people I knew who watched this movie and who I watched it with <laughs> were certified people. weirdos. And so that sort of added to the whole vibe of this movie for yeah. me. Was it like, that's that's the movie that those people I don't like going and hanging out with watch. It's like you your know? friend who can watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre right before going to bed. And they're just like, they they just have snuggly, cute dreams for the rest of the night. You're right. like, you're a yeah. psychopath. How exactly. are you doing this? Exactly. Well, I, I don't, I was not a fan of horror movies at this age. I could not watch any of them. And. I got on a kick of the movies I watched were based on the actors in them. Okay. So I would watch, I would pick like Kiefer Sutherland and I would watch everything yes. Kiefer <laughs> Sutherland was in or Corey Haim or Jason Patrick. And I can't remember which one of the actors, it even could have been Jamie Gertz, that I saw in something and I saw this on HBO. So I even missed the theatrical yeah. release, but it was an HBO. I recorded it and sat down and on a VCR tape on a VCR tape. I'm not sure what that is. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I w- hey, <laughs> I think I even may have that recording still on VHS. Um, but that's what we should have watched it on. Shoot. We need to get a VCR in this studio. You know, I've actually thought about that. Because, well, we're going to have to yeah. when we re-record Aladdin. Yeah. I'll bring mine. Yeah. I've got a bunch of old VHS tapes and, you know, it's funny because we used to have one of the, you know, the, the built in one with the TV with the VCR right. built into it. And Same. that would have been so perfect for the studio. But we got rid of it because, you know, uh, who needs a VCR? Technology. <laughs> right. Yeah. But anyway, so let's uh, let's start it off in the beginning. Let's talk about some of the fantastic actors that are involved in this movie. When the Corys ruled the world. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it was before. Uh, yeah, because this was their. Right. Nope. Go ahead. Yeah. They. um they actually, I, a long time ago, I read an interview or something, and I think it was Corey Feldman who was saying that they didn't really like each other oh. prior to this movie because they were always going for the same, same roles. role. Yeah, that so would make sense. So Corey Haim auditioned for Goonies, that Corey Feldman had auditioned for Lucas, and the other films that they were in, and they became friends on the set of Lost Boys, and this is what kicked off their... The two Corys. The well, two Corys. How couldn't you bond over a movie like this? Because yeah. the, the, the first thing I didn't remember was the grandpa utterly passed out on the porch. Yeah. And what's really funny to me is the boys are like, Mom, is he dead? If he's dead, can we move back to Phoenix? And yeah. she's like, no, 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 he's not dead, boys. He's just a really deep sleeper. <laughs> yeah, see, and, and that's something that you have to establish early in, in a movie like this is... Do they love Granddad and they want him to be alive and everything else? Or is he just this weird character they know who, if he dies, it's not that big of a deal? Yeah, especially <laughs> since he, the grandpa is a creepy person in and of himself because he keeps putting dead animals in his grandson's bedroom for yeah. decoration. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but his value is established. Oh, 100%. You know, yeah. yeah, so, you know, it, it all comes he's back our, to show you. He's our resident weed smoker, <laughs> we come to find very early oh, yeah. in the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. God, that shirt. I think oh, that, I, I think I had that shirt. <laughs> oh no! There's one point where Corey Haim is dressed up like Bowie, and I think it's at the boardwalk when he and Michael are walking around. Uh, when he first goes into the comic book store, I'll point it out when we get to it. But yeah, the loud prints. It was loud print on yeah. top of loud print, mixed with a little loud print just to mix it up back in yeah. the '80s. Yeah. That was that was the way to go. Yeah. Well, and uh, you know, thinking of the two Corys, I. What is your favorite two core? Because I have my favorite two Corys movie, which mm. is License to Drive. 
That one's yeah, yeah. I, I love License to Drive. Although it never compared to The Lost Boys. But yeah, it's a different movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, apples and oranges. Vampires and werewolves, if you will. I don't need it. I've got a Mercedes. <laughs> I'm I, talking about my girlfriend like she's a car. <laughs> I, I felt like the two Corys, they 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 were really hit or miss on their movies. So oh some God, were really good, and and I wouldn't even say any, really good. License to Drive was probably their best movie after. This I think one. so. Yeah, I'd yeah. have to. Yeah. And then others are sort of like, hmm, like Dream a Little Dream was a hmm. Not quite yeah. following the. It was yeah, a you. No, you went to yeah. go see it because you loved the Corys. Yeah, and that exactly. you didn't go for the movie. But yeah. well, there's it, a reason the two Corys, as a phenomenon, stopped existing. Yeah, after yes. a certain point, you know. Well, and it's funny that you bring up the Goonies and how the Corys competed over the Goonies, uh, Allison, because this movie, from what I read uh, in my research, my extensive nerdy notes was that. This the vampires and all the kids in general in this movie were supposed to be considerably younger than they turned out to yeah, be. Yeah, the commentary last night when I watched it. Oh, okay. With Joel I see, I haven't seen it. Was with... he? It was supposed to be children, and he that were most most of the vampires were kids. Yeah, and he protested and he, that he apparently hated the mm-hmm. first script and was like, "I'm not doing the, the Goonies go vampire. I'm just not doing it." Yeah, and right. He, yeah. And another switch that I love that he made in this film is Star, who Jamie Gertz is coming onto the scene right now. In his vision, she was supposed to be a pixie-haired blonde girl, like huh. a little hippie waif kind of a person. And I just can't imagine anybody else playing Star. I thought yeah, that. Yeah. No, yeah, she owns the role. Yeah, and he he talks about that Jason Patrick because it took a while for them to get him on board to do the film. Okay. Um, he had seen him in the movie Solar Babies oh. and that he had brought on Jamie Gertz from a play they did, but Jamie Gertz was also in Solar Babies. And the thing I had read had said that, that um, it was because of their connection in Solar Babies together is why part of why Jason Patrick put her up for the role of star. I can, oh, wow. I can, I can see that. that. That, that would make sense, you know, and she does, she brings this sort of, the exact opposite of a pixie-haired hippie girl quality to the She's to got the some genuine mystique to her. Yeah, yeah. And you you have, you have that combined with sort of the Kiefer Sutherland thing where, you know, he just has that menacing... Edgy. Edgy Kiefer I Sutherland-ness. I want my <laughs> Yeah, you know. I'm sorry, the Billy Idol comparison is just too close for well, me. Well, yeah, I think that pretty much goes without saying is that there's a huge Billy Idol oh, comparison. Oh, yeah, he was, he was yeah. a huge influence. And, and she's the best dress in there. I was... I obsessed over the skirts and stuff that Jamie. Well, her I, skirts weren't. I could still wear them today. Yeah, That's exactly. Cool. I was about to say her outfits are timeless as opposed to literally everything else that everyone <laughs> everyone is wearing. It's just it's so ridiculous. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the mom dresses like my mom dressed mm-hmm. in in the eighties. Sure, you know. Um, and oh, then, and Edward Herman. We've got. Oh, sorry oh, to the interrupt great you. Edward but, Herman. Oh. My 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 one of my all time favorite actors. Oh, one of the best character actors. Ever. I love Edward Herman. For, for all of our Gilmore Ga- Girl fans out there, God. Oh, Annie. FDR. That's you. No. That's... See, F- but see, that's the thing about Edward Herman is that he's like Robin Williams mm-hmm. in the sense that you can tell roughly somebody's age by how they remember when they first saw Edward Herman or Robin Williams, like for, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Mork and Mindy fans versus, you know, Genie fans or whatever. But Edward Herman, uh, that was the first time I ever really saw him on a regular basis on television was on Gilmore Girls. Oh. Yeah, I, I can see that. I think for a lot of people, that was the first time they they 
you know, he's a character actor, so he showed up in a lot of things, but you might not have noticed him, mm-hmm. you know, and I yeah, think- I'd seen him in tons of stuff, but I wasn't going from movie to movie going, oh, there's Edward Herman. Oh, there he is. Like, I didn't know how to spot him yet, but he, he also does a lot of narration for like the History Channel and stuff like yes, that. Yes, he so did. Will- yeah. Oh, did yeah. some books on tape, yeah. too. Yeah, I've got so a. I, I think I mentioned that before. I had that weird Mandela effect thing with Ed Herman, where there was a TV series that I loved, absolutely loved, called uh, "Days That Shook the World." Okay. And I used to watch it uh, years ago on like it wasn't history. I think it was like H two when that came out, and Ed Herman was the narrator, and I absolutely adored it. It was a great show and great narration, and. I've since, in years later, I've tried to find copies of those episodes on YouTube or to buy them or anything, and you can't. And the weird thing is that there is no record on the internet of Ed Herman ever having done that show. How? It's the strange, and I am telling you, it was Ed Herman because they switched it and there was another guy who did it uh, either before or after, and his those episodes are terrible. Uh, just, just pure crap narration. Oh, God. And... Um, and so it was like, oh, wow, no, this is Ed Herman. It's awesome. There is no record. I'm like the only person on earth who has this memory of Ed Herman doing this show, and it freaks me out. Well, this is why you got to get in touch with us on those social mediums, the the countenance novel, the tweeter, all that good stuff. To Someone else has to corroborate this story for Seriously, Jason. yeah. If you remember Days That Shook the World, narrated by Ed Herman, please let me know, because that will make me think that I'm not living in a parallel universe. Yes, reach out to us at Hindsight Horror uh, or at North Boggy on Twitter and corroborate that for us, please. Or, or Instagram. Uh, yes, Hindsight, Hindsight Horror is horrifying on Instagram. Yeah. Um, one thing I do want to say about this, and I, this is sort of a subjective thing, you know, looking back in this movie after all these years, but these are the worst vampires ever oh god they're terrible i I, I think every vampire hunter ever in every movie would have killed all of these vampires buffy would have killed them in five minutes blade (laughs) i think would have taken about three and a half minutes yeah Um, well what's really funny is that this movie doesn't seem to go with your typical rules of vampirism and i don't mean that is as just a franchise uh because usually within any given franchise all the vampires somewhat coincide with one particular set of rules like you've got true right. blood yeah, yeah. where uh you stake a vampire it's going to implode uh you chain them with silver it's going to burn their skin if you if they go out in the sun it's going to burn them whereas they they say it specifically in this movie that no one vampire dies the same way one dies screaming and uh, and you see it later where one of them's head explodes because he gets melted by a stereo one yeah. of them gets uh, roasted in garlic water, and they all died differently. And there was um, uh, a bit on the carousel that we've already missed again, so I'll get back to that in a second because there was a lot of foreshadowing. But we did miss a point uh, where they were... These looks like such douchebags. Oh, they do. <laughs> They're well, such douchebags. The, the one I always point him out, and uh, we were looking at... That's Alex Winter is one of the yeah, vampires. Yeah, from, from uh, Bill, and Bill and Ted. Ted. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's Bill. And... Saving Private Ryan. Yes. 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 Very important. And Bill and the the new Bill and Ted that is supposedly going to happen. Yeah. Oh no, it's happening. Keanu Reeves has confirmed it on the social medium. Oh, so there we go. It's happening. Uh, we watched but, that last week, and one of my kids said they looked at him and goes, "He will always be Bill from Bill and Ted." Oh yeah, I that's all he is. I can't take him <laughs> yeah, as a vampire. No, yeah, no. he he's Bill from Bill and Ted. That's who he is. 
Keanu Reeves is still, still yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and we missed a, a funny connection, and there are a couple of them, especially since Joel Schumacher was the director. So we did mention that, but the thing is, there's this guy who's become known as the sexy sax man, who we just yeah. uh, missed <laughs> on the boardwalk, and gyro. but he uh capoeira no but he's capoeiraing that saxophone uh but he's this oiled up muscled man pretending to play the saxophone which is just a theme in joel schumacher films because saint elmo's fire when rob lowe is pretending to play the saxophone and obviously doesn't know how but unlike in this movie the sexy sax man is apparently a multi-instrumentalist like went to actual music school toured with tina turner for 15 years no joke, this guy was legit, but I don't know that the saxophone was one of the many instruments that he played because apparently he reportedly pretended to play it. So, yeah, sort of like you know, I play fifteen instruments. Oh, cool, great! Here's a saxophone. The saxophone is not, not one, one of, of them. them. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell you which instruments. Well, he was talking in the special features that um, this was his third movie and that Richard Donner had was actually going to do it and then handed it off to to Joel. Yes, because Richard Donner went on to uh, production and all this stuff got slowed down. So Richard Donner went on to direct Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Yes. yes. (laughs) And Corey Feldman got brought on because of Joel and him being in Goonies together. Yeah. I heard correctly. Okay. So, um, and then he, Corey Feldman was talking about when he came and auditioned for this part that Joel Schumacher told him, you need to go watch every Chuck Norris movie. Every Rambo movie. Every Stallone, yeah. Every Stallone, and that's how you've got to be for this role. Yeah, and And it it totally works. He pulls it off, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking, and I didn't even know that. I did look that fact up today Mm -hmm. on Google, but... Yeah, you the bandana, the hairstyle, the camo <laughs> T-shirt. Oh my God, it's mm-hmm. just and he's you can he's just got the whole. It's the there's a war zone up there. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I will say it works for this movie. They did eventually do two sequels to. Um, See, I didn't know that. I didn't know they did sequels. They did mm-hmm. the second one. I I always try and find a positive on a film, and that one is one I can't. Even Corey Feldman. <laughs> yes. Oh, damn. Even Corey Feldman, because he actually tries to reprise his role of Edgar Frog as he's a 13-year-old. And doing the same thing, it, it just didn't work. Um, the third one is a little better. It was, you know, I... Were they direct-to-video? Yeah, they were. Yeah. They were direct-to-video. Yeah. Well, and another thing that happened, the movie was originally not supposed to end on a joke like it did, but also David, Kiefer Sutherland's character, wasn't supposed to die he gets impaled by uh, deer antlers, and apparently that was because, um, and he doesn't disintegrate like the other vampires when he gets staked, mm-hmm. as it were, but apparently that's because he was not really dead. This was intended to be part of a sequel called The Lost Girls, which was scripted, but never got made. Huh. So David didn't technically die. I, I think movie. you can probably find The Lost Girls on the internet now. Oh, all uh, over the yeah, internet. Yeah. That's where Lost Girls go to yeah. die. <laughs> I, I, in fact, I think there's a VR version of it, too. Yeah. Uh, there's a Scanamax version. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. all sorts of versions. Yeah. The actors talked about wanting to do a sequel. Even Edward Herman said, if you can find a way that I didn't die, I would to bring gladly back. come yeah. back and be yeah. in it. Although I would probably be glad he didn't touch this, the, the second one. That yeah, they, well, they, they will. It will happen. We will see a Lost Boys reboot. Not with Edward Herman. Not with, not with Ed Herman. Edward Herman. Well, unless they you. unless they just, you know, CG Ed Herman. Like unless the, they Tupac yeah. his ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope they don't. Yeah. Do a Grand Moff Tarkin thing. Oh, um, God, yeah. 
Because, yeah, he was actually, he was, the movie was supposed to end on a serious note where Ed Herman does get impaled when the grandpa drives the car mm-hmm. through. And then the painting that's been in the grandpa's house hanging above the couch or wherever in the living mm-hmm. room was that you were supposed to zoom in on it and see Edward Herman from centuries ago. Mm. But he was painted into that painting. (laughs) As opposed to how they ended the movie, really, which was like, oh, sick of all those damn vampires anyway, and it just ends on a joke. So those are two really different endings. Very, very, very different endings. Oh, yeah. It's a great town, except for all the goddamn vampires. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now with the sequel, and, and, and I don't know if it's fact, but I do believe it was probably Corey Haim's last appearance in a film. Oh really? Is, and he's only yeah, in at he the died. very, very end, and they have him actually as a vampire. Oh wow! But I'm not. I can't. I don't. I'm not 100 percent positive that he was. That was his last film. Because yeah, he I'm was. He sure. was what like 30, 38 when 38 he died. 38 when he, yeah, died. he died of a drug overdose. Yeah. Well, they said it was with complications. He had pneumonia. Oh. They said this. They said similar stuff with Brittany Murphy about like iron deficiency and whatnot. We had a bit of a debate about that. Yeah. I think on our Clueless episode, but. I'm sure the drugs weren't helpful. <laughs> that well, they, yeah, yeah, they very they, Spencer yeah. Tracy. <laughs> Nobody's been this drunk since Spencer Tracy yeah. died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, technically it wasn't the drug overdose. Technically it was the train that ran over him after he fell because he passed out from the drug overdose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it like the guy that died in Lethal Weapon. It wasn't Mel Gibson kicking him in the chest. It was right, the fact right. that he had no oxygen and he was right. surrounded by plastic wrap in water. <laughs> so there you yeah, go. Yeah. No, I, I just these vampires are the least intimidating, least scary vampires that I've ever seen. Well, and I think it's because they kept a balance with the original Lost Boys idea because it does have occasional very wispy, thin vibes of the Lost Boys from Hook. Yeah. Where they're they're rolling around on motorcycles and they got the crazy hair and it's like very bangerang, like they're running around Santa Carla. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the it's kind of hard to take them seriously. Like I kind of right. wish I had seen this movie because Meg and, and I, even from our Hercules episode, she and I have very different perspectives on this movie because it was one of her favorites growing up. And she showed it to me when we were later teenagers. Like, I want to say, like, late high school, maybe going into college was the first time I saw this movie. Yeah. I don't know why that is, but uh, she she loves this movie to death. And I went to her at work today, and I had my little book, and I was like, all right, I've got questions. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. she was like, it's a perfect movie. It makes perfect sense. I was like, I beg to differ. <laughs> so. Well, one thing about the movie is that uh, it's short. And it is. It, it's, a short, it's a short movie. And I think that was very smart on the producer's side because it couldn't have gone much longer. They, no, they got it, what they, it, here, here it is, we're done. Yeah, they stretched it as, they stretched that dough as far as it was going to stretch. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, and it still made a, a ton of money. You know, it did it really? I think it did. It was a, it was a success, wasn't it? I think it did really well. Yeah, yeah or or decent for it. Um, you, you, a lot of the actors like Billy Worthier, he was just a model, and I don't believe he did many more films than this. Brooke MacArthur, who is the other blonde, that's with the group. He did he's no blonde. <laughs> he did a movie called Thrashers, and oh, that was wow from the eighties, and he didn't do much more after that. Um. But you did, this was, um, Kiefer Sutherland was saying this was his actual first American film because he's Canadian born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and then he becomes Jack Bauer, the most rugged yes. American <laughs> hero yeah. of all time. And we watched, um, I showed my 15-year-old Stand By Me last week. Oh, there you go. And with him playing Ace. And you came back and to me, there was a lot of similarities between David and Ace that I had mm-hmm. not 
put together. Mm-hmm. There was, but you know, he went on to a great film career. Well, there's so. a there's a lot of you know when you look at these movies. I mean, you do have a lot of not boilerplate, but there are '80s characterizations that if you watch this or you watch Gremlins or you watch Iron Eagle, you're three totally different movies about totally different things. You're going to sort of see the same characters popping up and that's fine, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's one of the reasons why eighties movies were good. They had this sort of universe that they worked with. They had these tools at their disposal and they were really good at using them. Yeah. There were, there were cut out plans for certain things. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Jason, I know you recognize the mom, Diana Weister. Oh, well, she, she, Deanne Weiss. Sorry. Yeah. She's been in a, um, one of our very favorites with Nathan Lane and Robin Williams. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, um, in the Birdcage. The Birdcage, yep. yeah. Well, she, yeah, she's been in a ton of stuff. Though. No, she yeah. has, but yeah. like when I, that's one of the first times I would have seen her was the Birdcage. Yeah. So that's just, it's funny how you hop backwards uh, uh, depending on which movie you saw first. She had just won an Academy Award going into this film is what, what? they had said. And they had wrote, written this part for her. That's who he wanted to play, and I think it was Hannah and her sisters that she did win that Oscar. Oh my God, mm. you're right. But um, but they that she was the only actress they had in mind for this particular character. When she's um, just wispy enough and mom enough, like she she does the mom thing really well, where it's like, okay, honey, I know you're out until three in the morning, but aren't we still friends? Like it's just <laughs> she's trying so hard to. Yeah. To help her boys and raise them correctly. Well, but. and she does a good job of the mom who's divorced and trying to get back out there. Yeah, it's a very of, niche market. Kind of, yeah, that kind she of thing. Covers, you yeah. know, um, with very, very unfortunate hair. Um, it was 1987. It was, I know it's 1987. Got the icing going on. It. I think a lot of people had unfortunate hair in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. I mean, uh, the older brother Michael, who. I've got to put this out there. It's kind of like deer in Mrs. Doubtfire uh, because Robin Williams says that word about 101 times. Mm-hmm. Apparently they say the word Michael about 118 Michael. times in this movie. Have some rice, Michael. A billion people can't be wrong, Michael. You're eating worms, Michael. Was that racist? A little. <laughs> A little. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's no salt on my worms. Oh. Yeah, this scene always got me when I was a kid. Yeah, it's it's gross. I yeah, mean, it really is. Well, and that's one of my questions, too, and Meg kind of schooled me on this as well. Maybe we should have brought her on so that she and Allison could compare notes, but Meg, because I asked her, I was like, all right, I've got questions about this movie. Why worms and maggots in the food? Like, how? And she goes, I was like, the rules for these vampires are so weird and made up. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, it's actually kind of going back to more old school rules about vampires, like how they could turn into bats and how they could... Uh, they, do this. They have kind of magical powers to them. They do a little bit of of both with this movie because um, you have this, and I've always thought it was the compulsion power to make you believe that you're seeing. You know that yeah, they can that's compel somebody. Yeah. However, the next scene when they when all Michael does is drink David's blood, and he's a vampire. That does go against even almost all the vampire lore. That you're almost. You, you have to be bitten and almost dead. Yeah, yeah. for it to work. Well, and is it David's blood? Because I thought he drank the blood of they, the head vampire, which turns out to be Edward Herman. Spoiler yeah. alert! <laughs> no, we go I, back and forth. We don't. We don't go sequentially. So yeah, you're good. I, 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 knowing the end of the film, it probably is Edward Herman's blood, but they always refer to it as David's blood. Okay, and in this, um, Star does later on. Yes, that was David's blood you drank. 
Okay, but um, still, but Star's kind of woefully misinformed, though, because and, she thought David was the head yeah. vampire, too, and he's not. Well, to be no. fair, he is a douchebag. So <laughs> li- li- lying to your girlfriend kind of goes part and parcel Is she with his that. girlfriend, though? Because they, th- like, you you get that feeling at first when, you know, so not blood. <laughs> no, it's it looks like Kool-Aid. Yeah, it's, it's Kool-Aid, yeah. Don't drink the Kool-Aid, Michael. But, uh, Have some she, blood, Michael. Michael. <laughs> Michael. But even his reaction, day, um, if you look back at Kiefer Sutherland's reaction to drinking the blood, it does make it more sense that it's Edward Herman's because he's sort of like, yeah, I really like this. And I'm like, okay, not sure you'd have that reaction to drinking your own blood. No, right. maybe yeah, not. Yeah. Unless you're just really full of yourself, which I think David kind of is. But, could be, yeah. yeah. Um, no, but is Star David's girlfriend? Because really all you see in the plot comes around full circle to where... Michael's obviously interested in Star and, you know, David keeps blocking him off at the past. Like, it, and it looks very possessive. Like, no, this is my girl. She's on my motorcycle. She is so mine, Michael. <laughs> yeah, Michael. But you don't have to beat me, Michael. <laughs> yeah. You just have to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a rough and tumble vampire, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that she probably it was lured in by David and at one point was a love interest and then he made her drink blood and she's very upset about Ew, the whole icky. thing. Yeah, because she seems and to be kind of their food source at first or like maybe just a hanger on, but then you find <laughs> that she's yeah, of, she's and, sort of vampiric. And he, and he does mention that when they may bring Michael down, um, not in this scene, but a little later on, that he was supposed to be her first. And turning her into a full vampire. As mm. in, uh, she was supposed to murder him. She was supposed to murder him when they have their... Because that could have different implications the way that you yeah. phrase it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Well, so I'm just trying to think of something... Because van- yeah, their lore is that that you can drink the blood, but you're not a full vampire until you make your first kill. Yeah, you're, right. just, you're just blade until then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and again, that goes against Day those Walker. Fam- <laughs> But Your I, mascara's running. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, he really hates the government. Uh, yeah, no, I'm watching these guys and I'm, I'm thinking about what you're saying about Star and I, I, I'm at a loss because I can't come up with something vampire related that rhymes with hag. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Um, uh, yeah, no, fang hag is the closest uh, I can get to it and I don't want to make it offensive. Another, so. another toho. Fang banger is what they did on uh, True Blood. Okay, so. all right. Fang banger. Yeah, okay. Um, and that applied to boys or girls, so it wasn't sexist. It was just, yeah, fang banger. But I don't get the sense that she knew they were. I think she... I don't know, just like this group of guys and started hanging well, out who with wouldn't? them. Or... <laughs> well, I think she didn't know when she got lured in, but big, later there is that scene where Michael's like, what's happening to me, a star? And she's like, oh my God, Michael, I can't tell you. I just can't tell you, Michael. And it's like, God, just Schumacher tell hasn't written that part yet. I haven't gotten the script yet. I we don't know. We did a reshoot know. this morning and I'm not sure what direction we're going to move in. Yeah, is it going to have a lighthearted ending or serious? I don't know. Am I going to get cut out like Kelly Jo meant? <laughs> no, this is probably one of the only scenes in the movie here in just a few minutes that I even questioned at at, at 13 when I first saw it is when they fall. You'll notice that Michael, when he falls, he starts falling and he's screaming and then he stops and looks around and then he throws himself backwards again mm-hmm. and starts <laughs> screaming again and I've never... Which you wonder... Why understood why? Just either keep, keep, keep screaming or stop screaming, but 
Maybe it's an especially tall bridge. And so he screamed and then he ran <laughs> the out of echoes. breath. And he's like, ah, huh. Okay. All He's right, having I'm a very wily coyote <laughs> moment. Because <laughs> they do allude to them flying, but, but like you were saying, You're like turning us. into bats. As a bat, they wouldn't have been able to pick those people up out of the car. They wouldn't. Right, no, no, no. Yeah. I, that's I, what I meant was that like certain vampires could turn into bats. Like some mm. of them have different magical qualities. And I don't believe any of the Lost Boys were bats. No. They can clearly fly because they're pulling people out of their cars, like you said. But that that was one of my many questions to Meg. I was like, okay, why do some rules apply to some of them and not others? Like Kiefer Sutherland gets burned by sunlight. He doesn't sparkle like Edward. Um, so <laughs> the, the sparkling went only to Twilight. Yes. Most vampires, Stephanie again. Meyer, Ugh. but Michael apparently can also fly. Yeah, even though he's not a full fledged vampire, so you got you you have to want. And yet, when Michael goes out in the sun, he doesn't get burned. Yet he's very sensitive to sunlight. He's he a daywalker. He needs mm-hmm. a yeah, yeah. He's blade. Um, so here he goes. You see him like screaming and falling, and then he stops. He's like all. Huh. Just very never-ending like, story. Really cool. Yeah, <laughs> just floating in the fog, and then in a second he just like flips back and starts screaming again. And then mm. he he wakes up in his bed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. You're one of us, Michael. One of You're us. You're a douchebag now. <laughs> Give him frosted tips. <laughs> no, no! I, <laughs> I need I, highlights, and I need to wear my sunglasses at night. <laughs> I will say only one of the comments that my son made, it was just so random, is when they show him on this bed, he goes, his shoes are on his pillow. That is so gross. That bothered me too. That, yeah. that, I mean, come on, They man. needed to move him another way. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> no, but he has to look disheveled, guys. That's the yeah. whole point. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's some expert there's some expert camera work going into this yeah. shot. Nice, oh, three, you, nice three-day beard. I haven't shaved in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> you are, he is a douchebag now. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I do think what a lot of made this movie was the humor that they did put into it. They they do a lot of pop culture references from the time era. Like my kids didn't catch. They asked me who Eddie Munster was, and at one Aww. at what one point they they make one of the lines is um look it's the attack of Eddie Munster and yeah. they're like yeah. well who's that? But at that time Eddie the Munsters was still running on TV and yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that played a lot into the success of the film. Was there yeah, so I mean, many catchy lines? It's, so many of these movies, they go beyond just being a creature and of the era. That was Kelly Jo Mentor right there. That yeah, was her th- big scene. I d- yeah, where because she's actually still listed in the credits, like you said uh, before we started recording, Allison. But uh, all, like ninety percent of her role in this movie was cut. Completely cut. But they the still movie. listed her, so that was nice of them. Yeah. Well, you know that that's that's life in the you know the big Hollywood game, mm-hmm. you know. But you can catch her on the special <clears throat> features edition of the DVD. Yeah. Um, not to be confused with the VHS. It's a round object that you put into <laughs> yeah. this thing yes. called a Blu-ray player or something. I don't know. I don't know how th- any this, of it works. This house, by the way, I don't think I've ever seen a house in a movie that felt more like it was on a soundstage. With the with the crappy trees or yeah. bushes blowing in the background, it's very it just, Sleepy Hollow, like with yeah. all the ooh, the, <laughs> the shutters are blowing open and like it's yeah, just very it, old school. Yeah, it really I don't know. It just it does have that feel to it. Like we built this on a soundstage. Yeah, you know. Oh God! And one of the things I have to point out about the and it's just part of the '80s look is all the arrows in the jewelry, <laughs> yeah. the long uh, the long earrings that even the guys were wearing because that was the way to do it back then. And wearing oh. your sunglasses in the house. Well, apparently at some point, Star pierced his ear last night, too. Yeah, apparently. Was, yeah. 
He walks up to her at the thing. Maybe that's a sweet. natural thing that happens when you become a douchebag. Your ears well, just become pierced yeah, that all was of a before sudden. Before he hung out with you know? them, actually, he was on the boardwalk and he was watching a girl get her ears pierced. Okay. And Star yeah. walks up to him and she's like, I could do that for free, you know, and mm-hmm. like lures him away with the promise of an ear piercing. Wow. And that's when they go down for Chinese. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's because she's about to get on the bike to go eat with him and David pulls up. Yeah. But what, what, what other transformations happen to you? Do you suddenly get a tribal tattoo? <laughs> or, um, you know. You start wearing Sperry yeah. loafers. Yeah, you start wearing Sperry loafers. Polo yeah. shirts and khaki shorts. Yeah. I always did Aww. question this scene as young too when you're talking <laughs> special effects wise. To me, this always looked like I didn't know. Oh, you it's were totally fake. That. Totally fake looking. Yeah. I mean, you hear the motorcycles, but it was completely well, flashlights and lights. Oh, oh yeah. It's so obviously guys outside with flashlights. Yeah. <laughs> Every time it happens to even the couple that's making out on like Lover's Lane or whatever they call it in this yeah, movie. Yeah. Uh, where they're, and what's funny is that couple that's making out in the car, the girl keeps slapping the guy in the face. <laughs> like, get off of me, Steven, or whatever his name is. But then all of a sudden there are red lights everywhere. Yeah. And you're just like, uh, are they being abducted? I'm being murdered. I'm being murdered. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but when I get back, I'll expect sex. <laughs> it's almost like the uh, the practical effects in the it shower scene oh, when God. you know that it's like ten guys yeah. with shower rods and they're just wagging them at this. Oh, uh, carnation yeah. milk! It's disgusting. Good thing you spilled <laughs> it on the floor. Uh, well, I'll... the the scene in the couple, you know, he was expect he stole that comic book from her for her from the Frog Brothers in the comic book store. That's right, mm. he did. So she I mean, happy. everybody knows that your virtue is worth at least one comic book. <laughs> no, I did not recognize this as a kid, but last night when when um when I rewatched it, Michael actually goes and tells Corey Haim to go take a bath, and I'm like, he's a little old for you to be telling him to go take a bath. Just a tad. Yeah, he's big brother. <laughs> well, and maybe he knows that the mom will be pissed if the younger brother isn't clean. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but, but I don't see him as as twelve in this movie. I see him as yeah, he's like 15, fourteen, yeah. sixteen. Yeah. But he's he's kind of having a Ferris Bueller time in the tub where he's you know he's putting his hair up in a mohawk and that dog looks like he wants to be in a different movie. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Nanook. Nanook. Yeah, he's such a pretty uh, dog. Oh God, he's gorgeous. He's not uh, as gorgeous as my German Shepherd, Millie. Uh, Hi, Millie. Mommy loves you. Ruh-roh. But <laughs> but yeah, you do see Nanook. Uh, earn earn his keep because Michael gets his first pangs for blood and then he goes to attack his little brother in the tub. Well, see, that's what it looks like, but I think it's equally plausible that becoming a, a vampire or douchebag gives you horrible diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know... <laughs> oh, God. But, you know, there's a kid taking a bath and so he's like, get out of the bathtub, I get horrible <laughs> diarrhea. Gotta kick you out of here, kid. Uh, it's it's either the, the the blood or that Mexican food I ate. But either way, this you mean is the not... Chinese maggots. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this isn't gonna be good. But yeah, it's a, that's a good dog, Nanook, because Nanook knocks uh, uh, Michael down the stairs and rips his hand open. Yeah, <laughs> so that's pretty crazy. Yeah, Michael. And I loved I love this moment here because Corey Ham goes down the stairs, Sam, and he's like, Michael. What happened? Because he he doesn't really see Nanook attack his big brother, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. he sees that Michael's had his palm laid open by his dog. And he's like, what'd you do to my dog to make him bite you? (laughs) Well, because that's exactly what I would say. That's how I would react. Like, (laughs) I had that talk with my cousin's kids when they were very little. We had a very small schnauzer who wasn't used to kids. And I was like, no, guys, 
he doesn't want to have anything to do with you. I know that if he bites you, that's because you pulled his tail or yanked on his ears or something. So don't do those things. But with a big dog like that, it's a little more serious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, this is, again, in, in 80s movies, there's always this point where normal people would react totally differently to the oh, situation. Yeah. Michael, but, your reflection in the mirror. Yeah. It's like a terrible special effect. <laughs> it's almost like the movie didn't have enough budget. <laughs> it's like... Um, a shit-sucking vampire. That's a like, line. That that should be in... in <laughs> some book oh they've really got some great, great terms yeah. in this one this this movie apparently invented the term vamp out oh really yeah oh i read that on my on my geeky <laughs> shit sucking vampire you don't know how vampires work evidently i mean oh i'm just saying <laughs> I... well he oh, just God. got the comic book so he's just learning what a vampire that's is. True. well he's so. uh, no he, he yeah. bought the wrong comic book then <laughs> no, no no they gave it to him uh, they gave it to him yeah, oh, the, yeah. the comic book uh, managers gave it to him because they're like read this it might save you life like it's yeah it, but uh no all this mo- all these moments right here are actually reminding me of beetlejuice because it's like when winona Ryder first sees the maitlands and they're kind of wispy just like Corey, uh, or excuse me, just like uh, Michael. And then, then, only then, when weird stuff starts happening, does he approach his survival guide. Kind of like how yeah, the Maitlands yeah, died. Yeah. And then only when somebody moved into their house and they got pissed off about it, did they think, oh, maybe that survival guide is worth something. Right, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. I just love, you know, go get yourself a sharp steak. Oh, okay, from my pile of sharp steaks that I have <laughs> laying around. <laughs> like, you too. But steak is meat. How am I supposed to? And I think their parents are dead. Yeah, it is. They I, overdosed uh, in the corner. Are or they dead? They they don't move. They they're in that position almost every time you see them. Good lord. I mean, it could be. You know, I mean, and certainly if you're going to go the is there a supernatural character in the movie, you could do it in this one. And mm-hmm. I've got to ask, what's happening right here? Uh, so Michael's in his bedroom and he starts to float toward the ceiling. That's like, the flying thing. Yeah, it's like great. It, did you ever see Greatest American Hero? Yes. Okay, it's the same thing. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. It is. No, Believe but, I mean, it or not, I'm walking walk on air. <laughs> yeah. But no. It, Spock. <laughs> he just, he goes full Shatner in this scene. <laughs> I mean, Shatner. No, I'm seriously, the, I mean, look at him. He is, he's channeling William Shatner he and throughout David this Carradine whole scene. Both, both studying under William Shatner. My God, but, I can't stop flying. I can't Spock. let go of the curtain. Damn it, Bones. <laughs> I've turned into a douchebag. But this isn't flying. That's what I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, is that it's, like it's he's it's like he's being pulled by a giant magnet, and he's even yeah. freaking out because then his little brother uh, Sam gets on the phone. and He's calling his mom, who's supposed <clears throat> to be on a date with Edward Herman. Well, ladies, it's sort of like any other change in a young man's body. <laughs> oh, they're so just, you smacked they're, into the they're, ceiling they're... a few times. This I don't want to know. <laughs> hey, uh, I don't want to know. Uh, you just going to softball it in like that? <laughs> this was really, this was a really strong phone cable, too. He would yes, not survive yeah, for yeah, real yeah, days yeah. because there are no cables on any phones anymore. Yeah. So he'd been gone. Meanwhile, that dog is like, you should have let me kill him, kid. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, in all these movies, the dog is always the smartest character. The dog is always the one that if he could talk would go, okay, here's what's going on. He's a vampire. Let me kill him. Well, except for oh that uh, dude over there, he's a vampire too. Well, except for, yeah, except for is it Thor or Thorn? Uh, Edward Herman's dog, Thorn. Thorn. 
Uh, he is the vampire the protector. Yeah. He's yeah, he's the hellhound, so he protects his vampire, whereas Nanook protects his human mm. from a vampire. Well, because Michael's not his boy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was going to ask Allison because I'm sure she knows the answer to this. Like when they go and uh, the boys all siege on the the vampire hotel and they kill <laughs> a bunch of the vampires. They just kill one. Well, it's not yeah. just that, but like, why don't they have a hellhound? Yeah. Or is it just the I big just, I, the big wig vampire that has one? They really one? don't. I, they don't really line these rules up. That's yeah, what I'm no. saying. The rules don't movie. apply to everyone. It's kind of crazy. Just, and it's and it's like the rule where they like Edward Herman's gets invited to the house, which is a very classic yeah, vampire yeah. thing. That if Yet you none of the rest them of them in, need that. But usually is if they invite you in, they can come in whenever they want. That's all it does. Yeah. It doesn't make them immune. Yeah. And right. in this movie, it completely makes you immune to any of the vampire. Except being impaled by, by a stick. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't matter to the stake. And, and <laughs> right, yeah. When you were talking about like Kiefer Sutherland getting the antler horns, I always questioned that. Was would those antler horns count as stakes? No, they're not wood. Because they're not wood. No. They're bone. No. Well, you know, it, it the whole rules of vampires thing is a little loose. No, no, no. Be, and yeah. that's what I was saying earlier is that it's fine that it differentiates from franchise to franchise. Because like I said, in Twilight, they sparkle. In <laughs> True Blood, they don't. They set on fire in the right, sunlight. Yeah. But in this, I mean, I guess it's because Michael's not a full-fledged vampire that he doesn't burn He's up in the sun. He's a daywalker. Yeah. So I, I'm all sorry, he, all I'm he needs is sun, sunglasses and two swords <laughs> and so some badass your, sunscreen. You're foreshadowing yeah. on Laddie, Chance Michael Corbett, the little boy. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he's been missing the little boy that's hanging out with Star at the at the boardwalk. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because you don't you don't know what's going on with him either. You kind of you sort of connect that he's with the vampire Lost Boys, but you don't know that he's one of them. Well, right? Yeah. From a mom prospect, why if if this child is missing, I would probably be always at that boardwalk looking for where my child where he is. went missing. Yeah. If yeah. you were in that area, well, and then I don't know. This it sort of feeds back to a John Mulaney joke, and Jason loves it when I do this. <laughs> uh, but John Mulaney said that he grew up in the time before children were special. He's like, you know, right when they started doing milk carton ads, like for Laddie, he said. Oh, the the parents were finally like, damn, maybe we should start looking for some of these guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. And going back to the whole thing about 80s characters not reacting correctly. I mean, his his only reaction is he sleeps in his mom's bed and he puts garlic on. Corey Haim does. Corey Haim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I thought you were talking about Michael. And no, no, but it, it's <laughs> no, sort of like. No, he sleeps in a very different bed that night. Yeah, <laughs> but, it, but it's like, uh, okay. In reality, <laughs> you know, what what do we need? It's sort of like, oh my God, there's a poltergeist in our house. What do we do? Burn it down. <laughs> leave. Yeah, leave. The poltergeist wants the house, burn it. Have it. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's here you go, asshole. <laughs> you know. Um, I've always said I couldn't be the blonde girl going down into the dark basement after all my friends disappeared going, well, maybe they're down here. Yeah, we right. are exactly. down here. Yeah. away going, I will find you later. Yeah. <laughs> You guys are right. I'm just gonna run out real quick I'm and uh, I'm call the police. I'm gonna go on a beer run and maybe call the police. Yeah, there there are people who get paid to do this shit, <laughs> so I'm gonna go call those guys. You know, with guns. Yeah. But oh, speaking of guns, I let going back to the whole Rambo, First Blood, and Stallone nonsense with Corey Feldman. Uh, I love their first quote because they. They notice Corey Haim in the comic book store. They equip him with a vampire survival guide, which is a, also a comic book, and 
I love when they're like, we're dedicated to a higher purpose. We're fighters for truth, justice, and the American way. <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, you know, it's Superman. You know, yeah. they're, they're they're trying to be Superman. Up oh, here we go. It's the beginning of an '80s music video. I actually, thought actually, the, it's like actually, a Guns N' Roses video. Yeah, <laughs> actually, it's the beginning of every '80s music video. Yeah. It's true. All we're missing is that guy diving into a cake for no yeah, reason. Yeah, <laughs> This wine makes me want to play an awesome power ballad. Yes. <laughs> she, she has beautiful skirts, but she's always in that same top. How well, dare she? You know. You know. Especially it's, it's, wearing white around vampires. Isn't it going to get stained? My yeah. God. <laughs> well, and also, you just have to think that cave is probably got a lot of mildew in it. You know? Yeah. I mean. So apparently, this is the point where she's supposed to kill him. And she's supposed to become a full vampire. Yeah, uh, Michael goes looking for David and the guys to figure out what the hell is going on with him. But but and instead he gets a little some. He gets you know, he so gets it's like distracted. I'm yeah, I'm turning into a vampire. Well, let's not get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I can deal it's, with that in the morning. There's a willing lady around. <laughs> well, know? he can deal with it in the morning because he's the now wait. Does, do, do they have blue jean sex in this movie? Oh, I hope so. Because in the '80s it was always blue jean sex. Well, she's got a skirt on, so not not for her, but maybe for him. Blue jean sex with white Reeboks. Yep, it's blue jean. <laughs> sex it's yeah it is blue jean sex yeah. in the 80s like as a kid growing up you know before i got to talk from my parents i just thought well babies have something to do with blue jeans because in all these 80s movies the dudes always wearing blue jeans that's why dads wear blue jeans yeah that's that's, 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 yeah, that's the thing you know tom cruise in top gun blue jean sex Heck yeah you know? <laughs> And I, you have to wonder because they wake up the next morning. I wish Shatner was reading the lyrics to this song. <laughs> Unchain me, sister. Love is with your brother. <laughs> Thou shalt. Shalt not kill. <laughs> God. Well, and my question here, and that looks like the cave from Bob's Burgers well, when they well, demolish well, well. the candy factory. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that cave goes to uh, where One-Eyed Willie's, if you just take a left instead of Probably. a right, you know, yeah. that's hey, where One-Eyed Willie's, yeah. But uh, here's my question. It, did his hand heal because he's a vampire or because he got laid? <laughs> well, speaking from experience, oh, God. Um, <laughs> probably the vampire bit. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, and also you can tell they're vampires because their hair and makeup is perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody or- has any... Uh, you got sex hair. Yeah, you yeah. got it from me, girl. <laughs> None of that's Whoa, happening. I had sex and my hand heals. So this is very random. In the decorations of that cave, Keeper Sutherland talks about that mm-hmm. it fell during the 1906 um, earthquake. Yes. But there's a huge picture there of Jim Morrison yes. back there. So yes. I wonder why they use Jim Morrison because I can tell my you, my husband. Well, my husband. Oh, you found gets, out? No, 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 not by that. I had never put together that People Are Strange was actually yes. recorded by Jim Morrison first. Yes. But in this movie, it was Echo and the Bunnymen that actually sing yes. uh-huh. this version. And that was the version I found From the soundtrack to the hit movie, Dark City. And when you go into the room where they keep Star and Laddie later, there's a poster of Echo and the Bunnymen. So they tie all of it together. Yeah, because they did the cover for the, the original Jim Morrison song. Yep. So, so that's it why all... it's just a throwback to yep. that song. That's exactly what it is. Uh, same with the... Uh, and I, it's from the article I'm reading, the very homoerotic poster of <laughs> Rob Lowe in full stud mode in Corey Haim's room. Yeah. When you go in there earlier in the movie and you see Rob Lowe posing and then you see, um, oh, I can't remember is, the other actor. But that was but, a very big thing. I 
if uh, there are pictures of my bedroom walls, I got tiger beat and team beat and the big. No, what I'm saying is that like, apparently there's just like a whole uh, school of thought that there's more homoeroticism to the movie than there in a vampire movie. Never. Oh my God. No. Interview with a vampire was just giant gay erotica. No. Yeah. But some, some. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but let's just, you know, own up to it. Well, but, but to me, that would have that was very normal for me. My walls, I had no wall in my room. It was mm. all of those posters, and it was yeah. But you're Alyssa. a girl, yeah. But <laughs> I, had, I, I, yeah, because I had, oh, okay. I well, had, I but, had, but topless, like, no, like Rob Lowe was in that poster, because <laughs> yeah. he totally was. True, true. Yeah, because I mean, I, you know, I had you know the typical airplanes. Ferraris, you know, my, my Carmen Electra. <laughs> no, Carmen Electra was a little bit later. I was trying not to age you. Yeah, Jason. no, I was <laughs> not thinking, that you've no, done that countless no, no, times. No, too, so. no, I'm, I'm, no, for me, it would have been Kathy Ireland, Elle McPherson, um, you know, Jame Duty Dent. I messed up my Dame Judy <laughs> If my parents would have let me, yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. You've been a bad boy, 007. <laughs> See, I knew. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, there was a Rob Lowe connection. So uh, it said fans were pointing out when they were discussing the film's homoerotic undertones. The connection between Rob Lowe and the Lost Boys is Joel Schumacher, which I brought up earlier because uh, he did St. Elmo's Fire in 1985. And there's also a 16 Candles connection because there's a 16 Candles Jamie poster. Gertz Jamie Gertz huh. was Robin in 16 she Candles. Gets, she gets her hair. She, um, her friend is the one with the hair cut in the door jam and yes. 16 candles and she takes the scissors and mm-hmm. your butchers the hair. You have to kill and the And I can vampire. even go earlier with Jamie Gertz is she had an appearance Brilliant. on Family Ties. There you go. As, um, yeah. Uh, to see her very, very young. Yeah, so, okay, you kill the main vampire. I get that that's the thing you have to mm-hmm. do. Sure. How does one become a head vampire? Is it like a thing? Is it like the president? When You're the one vamp- who sires all the other vampires. Like, you have to be the original who then sires them, as far as I'm aware. Okay. But this movie doesn't follow typical rules. Well, that's true. Yeah. Well, so then, but with the question of how they turn, is the head vampire the only one in this lore that can? That would be an interesting... Well, that's almost... Like, yeah, because that's the that's kind of a supernatural train of thought that the show with uh, mm. uh, Jared Padalecki and... Um, Meg's gonna kill me because I can't think of his name right now. But, um, yeah, supernatural. Yeah, supernatural. No, no, no. Pedalecki I'm talking the J- Jared Pedalecki, uh Jeffrey Sam, Dean Morgan, Sam, Sam Winchester. Um, yeah, it's gonna. Bu- Meg's gonna J- kill me. Jared. No. no. Um, Jensen Eccles. Jensen. Sorry, Meg yeah. said his name enough times. Jensen Eccles. <laughs> uh, but that that was one of the episodes. I've tried to watch that show. I really have. I love and it, that show. <laughs> um, but they they have that same. That's train a of sh- that's a show that went on too long. That's oh, the problem with that show. It's been on for 15 years. Well, actually, they tried to end it um, around, what I want to say, five years ago. Yeah. And the fans went so crazy about it that they, they, they petitioned it. and they kept I going. Just, I mean, I, I saw it. I watched the first several seasons, and I actually liked it. The, the problem I have with Supernatural is that it makes no sense. Yeah, it builds, 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 builds to this epic thing that's going to end all of time and space, and then, nope, they just yeah, reset and, and starts yeah. over again. I know, what if it doesn't? doesn't? No, well, see, my problem with, with Supernatural, and this is totally aside, but... Mm. No, ha- we you, don't do that. You, you have a show where part of the, the, the plot twisty sort of thing is that a character sells his soul uh, to the devil so that he can bring another character back to life. Yes. But you live 
like for you and me and, and, and the rest of us, we live in a world where there's a big open question about whether or not there's this thing called heaven that you can go to and it's really awesome. They friggin' know it's real. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's, it's like Rick and Morty. Like, oh, it's good to know that there's proof in the pudding. Like, I'm yeah. glad that you there's there's proof that there's a hell and there's a heaven. Oh, I blame you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Yet they sell their soul to the yeah, devil. Yeah, so it's like I'm going to go ahead and suffer through, you know, eternal torment, even though I know that it's OK. Yeah, this is dumb. well, it's a lot of swapping between father, son, brother, brother. Like they're trying to save their family it's yeah. not like they're trying to save random people yeah no but uh before i get too far off track because i brought up supernatural for a reason uh with like the lead vampire that was their whole concept at one point that sam and dean were hunting down they were trying to find the the <laughs> mega vampire yeah. To, yeah, yeah, to stop yeah. stop him from making any new ones and i think in some stories it's only the lead vampire or the first vampire that can reproduce other vampires um, i don't know about so it sounds like one. to this from what what I've seen is if if we go with the blood that Jason Patrick drinks is actually Edward Edward Herman's blood and not David's, mm-hmm. then it's only his blood that can turn. Yes. My question would be because they talk about um, that if they're a half vampire, they can heal you. If they kill the head vampire, the half vampires go back to human. Yes. So what happened to <laughs> say David hadn't been killed in this movie? It's a Superman, and movie. we kill right. Edward Herman. Does he? Does David then take that spot as the head vampire? I don't know. Or does he? Right. Yeah. Exactly. They, they yeah. Is the it rules like, are yeah. very unclear. Yeah. Well, and <clears throat> like I said, same with how they die, and we missed it on the carousel. But uh, the way that the vampires appeared on the carousel is the apparent um, a sequence in how they die, like oh, okay. how one dies okay. first, oh, another one okay. dies second, and then um, when. One of the, I think it's Corey Feldman later who's talking about they don't all die the same way. Some of them die with their head exploding. Some of them die screaming. He actually lists that in sequence too because the first first one mm-hmm. dies with his head exploding like death by stereo, and then the other one dies screaming mm-hmm. in the tub death of garlic by or whatever. Stereo. But Edward Herman also doesn't. The rules don't apply to him because no. they make him eat garlic, and it, he's just like, "Ugh, garlic. That's yeah, not Parmesan see, cheese." Well, because they've invited him in, and yeah. now none so of that works immune. anymore. Yeah, but it hurts the rest of the vampires. But I guess because they weren't invited in the house, that they're you know yeah. they're not. Yeah. I think to what it. we've come up with is a theory that the rules of vampires in general make no sense. <laughs> yeah, not that really. it's well, it starts off with a very simple concept. You know, stakes. Garlic, well, in this holy one, water. In this one, they actually Sunlight. debunk the whole theory of garlic being a deterrent for him. Because before the one dies with the bathtub, they he the guy looks and he goes, ha, 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 garlic doesn't work, boys. And he goes, try holy water. And they scoop up oh, and they throw holy okay. water. Right, yeah, yeah. I must have And it's the holy that. water that actually kills him. And then makes the entire house implode because of the yes. 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 That was, that was yeah. great. Well, it's like Dracula dead and loving it. Yeah. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> when they, yeah. When they... <laughs> when he I'm drives the stake, when he puts the stake through the heart of the vampire, and just blood shoots everywhere. Yep. Why didn't you get any blood on you? Location, <laughs> location, location. location. <laughs> That's the best vampire movie ever made. It's definitely one of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And you, what is the best vampire movie ever made? Go. Movie or show? Movie. Or okay, just movie. Movie. Because um, show is Buffy. Well, Buffy actually stole some inspiration from this show because uh, well, Billy Idol's in Buffy too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Joss Whedon actually admitted to that. He he said that Spike did have a specific Billy Idol feel, 
And the fact that... Um, it looks a lot like David. It's that, that whole... He was like, he was part Kiefer Sutherland, part Billy Idol, and plus the fact that uh, he liked... We didn't like the fact that in Lost Boys, you didn't necessarily know if somebody was a vampire if they were just half of one. So you could see somebody like Spike or Angel and not know that they're a bad guy or a good guy. And then like the <clears> one who's a good guy suddenly turns into a vampire and that yeah, questions yeah. your whole character of him and whatever. But so a lot of inspiration from for Buffy came from the Lost Boys. So I would have liked to known a little more about because I never they were the bad guys in the film, but at the same time I didn't necessarily hate all of them either. Of course you, know, you didn't. You didn't have that Hell I love Negan. Well, and well because they do the tend guys. to kill douchebags. <laughs> so it, they you only know, kill douchier people than them. Yeah, so yeah. It's very sort of, Robin Hood. Yeah. What's but going it, on? Same as usual. But it's Morty's sequel, killing Morty's prequel about how David became a vampire. Yeah, and yeah. That would be a cool. Call me vampire one more time. <laughs> <laughs> you just broke but like all the protocol. Okay, best movie. Kiefer Sutherland movie. Best Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, Stand, Dark City. Stand by me. Flatliners. Okay, next. Flatliners Moving on. Those were all valid answers. Because we, because uh, <laughs> we, we totally agreed on the first one where we were like best Corey's movie, best Keithers. It's yeah. funny how we all came up with different answers for that one. But yeah. I mean, Flatliners. I, I, I'd have to rewatch actually, it. But I, I have I, to. I have to take that back. Young Guns. Was oh my yeah, favorite. that's a, good that's one. a fantastic that's a good movie. One. Yeah, I mean it's Neil, yeah. uh, uh, Bon Jovi, Lou Phillips. Yeah, Mont Moroni making his like one of his. Oh first, man, yeah. I gotta show that to my kid Not this to be weekend. confused with Dylan McDermott. Holy crap! Yeah, another one guys. of my very favorites. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we've yeah. got to watch Young Guns. Another movie with an unnecessary sequel. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they had a great cast on both of them. Not quite as Young Guns. No. Slightly older, older guns. guns. <laughs> Going to college this year, guns. <laughs> Smith and Wesson Th- guns. Thinking about settling down, guns. <laughs> they could have just expanded that cinematic universe all the way. They could have done it. Retired guns. <laughs> Middle-aged man. Old man. Dead, Dead guns. man. <laughs> Dead guns. See, I wouldn't want to be a vampire for one reason. I, I can't wear contacts. And, and uh, you know, it seems like that is a requirement. You know, that's that's a thing with a lot of actors. Even um, Harry Potter, one of the bigger uh, qualms with his character when Daniel Radcliffe took over is that he has blue eyes. And he's specifically supposed to have very green eyes like his mother, Lily. But Daniel Radcliffe couldn't wear... Or no, he offered to wear the contacts. But they, they irritated him and he would have had to take like a certain medication to even get his eyes mm-hmm. to accept them. Or, I don't know, something complicated about it. Somebody straighten me out on... Yeah, uh, more trouble than it's worth. No. Now, this is one of the best lines about a vampire right here. What's that? Um, I know. Sleep all day, party all night, you'll never grow old. You gotta fight for your right (laughs) to vampire. So basically every 80s rock band, every 80s hair band, you know, Twisted Sister watched this and and went, yes, we agree. (laughs) We are not going to take it anymore. (laughs) <laughs> we gotta do Iron Eagle. <laughs> we gotta do so many movies. That's, that's got the best soundtrack. We need, we need a Slater movie up in here from the 80s. Yeah. That's what we need. Heathers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, God, yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm in. God, I love Heathers. I still can't believe they made a musical out of Heathers. Oh, they make they make musicals out, out of, of everything, everything now. Mean Girls, Clueless. <laughs> Minions. Like, no. Yeah. Beetlejuice. Well, that I could believe. Yeah. Because Beetlejuice I had... think it's already failed. 
Has it? Yeah, I think it's already failed. Uh, yeah. The Universal show was enough. Like, I saw that back in the 90s. That was cool. You know, with all the dramatic music that they've got and Beetlejuice tearing around the stage. But for like an hour. And then it's over. Yeah. And you you know what you're signing up for when you go to Universal. You mm-hmm. expect that kind of tacky stuff. But no. See, and it's interesting that they 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 have a point in the movie where they think that Ed My Herman God. is the is the head vampire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they throw them off the scent. And so it's not really a twist because like nowadays oh, nowadays the twist would be that you never thought it was him. It's a lie. And a then lie it, can't be yeah, a twist. And then, and then at the end it was yeah, exactly. They would just go, well, it's not him. And then they would just be lying to you the whole time and it turned out it was him. Yep. But in this one, they do actually establish that they're pretty confident that Ed Herman is a head vampire. And then it's like, well, I guess we're wrong. Yeah, and they the, disproved it. Yeah, so it's, it, it's, again, and I've said this before about 80s movies, that if you go back and watch the 80s movies that stick with you, you know, uh, Lost Boys, Last Starfighter, Goonies. Last Starfighter. A lot of them are not, what we would on the surface consider to be good cinema. No. But no, no, then no. when you watch and you actually look at how it's written, you realize this was still written by somebody who knows how to write a screenplay, knows the structure, knows how to do it. When do we put this in here? When well, do we do that? It's and- your whole argument about like the Death Race 2000 where you're like, this, these days movies are so terrible. Whereas you go back to 1975 and Death Race 2000 was actually really good despite the fact <laughs> yeah. that it's just this... Yeah, crazy ass movie. It is, and it, and it it all really comes down to the writing. The fact that yeah. you still have this structure. That movie stuck with me, surprisingly. Yeah. Oh no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Believe yeah. it or not, that's a movie that yeah, you watch. Death Race two thousand. You're never the same. No, <laughs> I, I, I haven't but been. But when since. they remake these movies, like you're talking about, they'll remake this one. I don't think the remakes they are horrible. Will be able to do it because no. of those, like the unique lines, like Attack of Eddie Munster, and it right. would, yes. it would feel. Okay, so you've come up with more modern twist on that, right? Yeah. Well, see, because you know, hold on. The question about this particular scene before we leave it, uh, mm. we Star comes to Michael and Sam's house and phrasing, <laughs> phrasing first, boom. But um, Star arrives at the house, <laughs> and no, Michael's Phillip, acting Phillip, like Philip. I'm arriving. <laughs> 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 If anybody knows that where that joke came from, put it in a oh, comment. Oh, Mr. Drysdale. But <laughs> hey, everybody. But anyway, so serious question. Uh, Star um, arrives at the house. <laughs> I can't do this can't anymore. Do it. <laughs> anyway, Michael asks Star. He's like, it was David's blood that I was drinking that night. It wasn't wine. I'm like, she told you it wasn't wine. When you yeah. drank it, you yeah. idiot. Yeah. Well, it was David's. Blood might be a bit of an oversight. Oh, God. <laughs> and did he I arrive like into the bottle? Yeah, why, 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 why was it creamy and white? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm mutley laughing in the corner. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I mean, look, that's another thing about 80s movies. I love Top Gun, right? Oh, but God. as soon as I, I, I went to see a live performance where people riffed on Top Gun, and uh-huh. it's one of my all-time favorite movies, and at the beginning of it, they just said, by the end of this movie, you're going to agree with us that this is the most gay movie ever made. <laughs> and by the end of the movie, I agreed with them it was the most gay movie ever made. Just see the honest trailer of Top Gun. That oh, yeah. Right there. yeah you don't need much 
No, Jason, I can't remember if I texted this to you or not the other day. It's a Top Gun meme where it says, guess who's not looking forward to the sequel to Top Gun? It shows Goose giving the thumbs up. And I was yeah. like, oh, no. Yeah. Goose. I hope Goose comes back as a force ghost. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be even better than what they do on... Uh, Big Little Lies, because they do a lot of, uh, they jump back and forward on the timeline. And so people who have passed, uh, kind of like in This in a, this Is yeah, Us, you yeah. still have the actor on the show, but in flashbacks. Right, Whereas, yeah, uh, yeah I want a forced ghost goose. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't want forced yeah. flashbacks. I want a forced goose. Can I just say, by the way, that, I, and I don't know why, and I hate to say it, but I think it's Tom Cruise. I don't know. I cannot wait for that damn movie. Oh, God. No, 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 no. <laughs> I really wish Top Gun Maverick was coming out tomorrow. Seriously. Because I would, I'm, I'd be there. I think this is something that we need to see together. And oh, then, yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, we've got to turn it we, into a podcast. Well, we, thing need, we need to see it and then immediately record an episode. No, that's afterwards. exactly what needs yeah, to happen. We'll yeah. go see it on like a weekend so right, we can do that right after. Well, before you go, watch yeah. the original. Oh, then go oh, God, yes. Oh, yeah. So, it, yeah. It's going to be like a Lord of the Rings God, I love <laughs> yeah. that movie. day. I, I love Top Gun so much. It's ridiculous. Day drinking and Top Gun. Yeah. Oh, God. That's that, that is a movie because there are certain movies that. <laughs> genuinely influence the rest of your life oh yeah you know and top gun was one of them i mean i'm sitting in an office surrounded by you know model airplanes don't think that top gun didn't have something to do <laughs> with minute. that you build model airplanes i do actually Hold in on. fact did you see my latest one over there you know i did some interesting weathering techniques and he wireless. actually built all of his scale models <laughs> he built all of his scale hey. models with the other nerds hey. <laughs> i won't talk about scale modeling turn my microphone Maybe I'll consider it. Uh, All right, welcome back to the land okay. of the living. Or the land of the vampires, whichever <laughs> we're in right now. No, but you talk about Top Gun. I loved that movie. Val Kilmer was awesome. Iceman. Iceman. Hell yes. But Ow. How now, the hell did he do that? Every time when they do He's the... slobbering the, um, into his microphone. The scene with Kelly McGillis and Tom Cruise, and they have their wonderful... My mind Blue jean sex? Yeah. yeah. My mind goes to Hot Shots with Charlie Sheen. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Pop in the, you know, the olive... You know, that was actually a <laughs> really hard scene. Yeah. The the thing in Hot Shots, did you ever see how they made that? They yeah, actually had to craft, craft of, an of, like a little stove that yeah, <laughs> of, of, her her, of her belly, and they were literally Shut they could up. cook eggs yeah, on. Yeah, they were. Yeah. They, that's why they he breaks the egg. I yeah. want to know who it. owns that. Now. I know, right? I would pay real money. To I have know that. you would. That's why I said it because I'm <laughs> every I morning I would cook my breakfast on that. That's <laughs> I would why just I cook belly. eggs on it. <laughs> Kelly McGillis and stuff. That's why when we came to your house to do the murder mystery game the other day, Jason, all I wanted to do was walk around and see all the awesome Batman level toys you've got at your house you know i realized too we didn't even you go never to, we, didn't, us we, didn't, we didn't go into the shop yeah no, we next, didn't go next the time shop. you come you guys come over we're gonna go to the shop cool the lair i've got to see it where i work on all of my scale oh, come on. <laughs> his nerdy tendencies he's he's using his calculator Fine. right now you guys <laughs> and we just lost bill no oh, poor bill kill bill yep kill bill yeah well, he had to go at a certain point, and he was pretty high on the douchebag meter. They were all pretty bad. You yeah. know, I mean, you're, he, they're either douchebags or they're people who look like people who live in my hometown today. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. I want to say that the jacket that he was wearing at one point was a contest in one of those Team Beat magazines. Probably. That... If you like sent in, you could have the jacket that Alex Winter wore in Lost Boys. That's and pretty awesome. Right? Why you yeah. should be his future wife. Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, see, this is where I got confused too, because Keeper Sutherland sets on fire when mm-hmm. uh, the sunlight touches. But just his hand, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he barely gets dragged into the sunlight. Mm-hmm. But, and, oh, okay, so here's another question then, because vampires are supposed to be ridiculously strong. He gets a hold of one of the kid's ankles, and somehow two 13-year-olds are able to best a, him. A lot well, but he theory. is a Canadian vampire. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. Get there, the hell out. There are so, you know, it's a little bit different, you know. <laughs> There, there are theories, and actually Michael mentions it in this, because it's daytime and not nighttime, and they haven't had that tight uh, sleep, their weekend. they're not at full power. Maybe yeah. that explains why Michael, you know, grabs uh, Laddie and Star and then just takes a nap in the back yeah, of the Corvette yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. or whatever car they're So driving. that's why he passes out, because he, he overexerted himself. Uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's them daylight up. outside. Yeah. And then we wouldn't have any more of the movie, because at that point... Yeah, that's true. That would be the end of the movie. That would be the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. That's Well, true. it's sort of like uh, one of the things I love from the 80s is the uh, music video that they made for the Cindy Lauper song, uh, Goonies Are Good Enough. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. The wrestlers. Yeah. And there's a part in the video where Cindy Lauper like is trapped on something and the bangles are dressed up as pirates and they're attacking her from both sides. And <laughs> like, she's like, and she's like, damn it, Spielberg. How do I get out of this? And Spielberg turns her it, like they cut to an editing room and Spielberg is like, well, the first thing you need to do is. I don't know. Get an animatronic <laughs> shirt. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you really, at a certain point, had to just look to the heavens and ask the director, how do I get out of this? <laughs> Please tell me. And the old dude saves it, which is very much like, what was the werewolf? Uh, Silver Bullet. Oh, awesome. Remember? Yeah, awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> which, the Silver Bullet was better because you had a granddad who built a werewolf-killing wheelchair for, yes. his, for his grandkids. Well, was it, wasn't it? Was that his um, grandfather? Was that his grandfather? I think that was his. Gra- I think that was just the like the just a kooky old man. The kooky guy. The, okay, who okay, is yeah. It, um, the disgraced nuclear physicist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's his uncle. It's Gary Busey. It's his uncle. Oh, that was his Joshua. uncle. I haven't seen. I haven't seen Silver oh, Silver Bullet in so long. Yeah. That's it's, such an yeah, awesome so Corey, movie. Corey Haim is the wheelchair, and yeah, it's Gary Busey. Um, I think you mean Mr. Joshua. See, and I think part of. You know, the, the, the quandary with the remakes. And it's so weird because I I try to take myself out of the, well, you just don't like it because it's not the one you grow up with. Right. But you try to remove yourself from that. I I think they would have a hard time making this movie and finding teen boys that would play these parts that I wouldn't just want to shoot in the face. Well, because, like, I could see somebody, like, maybe if we had done it at the right time, like when Ryan Gosling was younger. Yeah. yeah. I could totally see him pulling it off. Or JTT. I mean, (laughs) I think they they could do it, but you would need to completely take out the comedic air from this film. It'd have to be a straight-up horror movie. You'd need to go that route and have them more vicious and more... Have the actual like the characters like David and them far more terrifying. I just yeah. don't yeah. think they could. Yeah. could. Which would, would that would take the charm away from? Yeah, it, it would yeah. be a totally different movie. <clears throat> but there's a balance. Sort of to like it. Ghostbusters. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a balance to it, kind of like what we found with uh, 1999's The Mummy with Brendan Fraser, where uh, and I cannot remember his name, but the guy who played Imhotep, oh. he said he would only do it if he could play it seriously. He was like, because as far mm. as Emotep's concerned, this is basically like his Romeo and Juliet. Not yeah, that yeah, that didn't yeah, happen way yeah. before, but he was like, he's trying to wake up and find the love of his life. And he's like, if I'm going to be the villain, I've got to play him serious. Whereas Brendan Fraser, 
the reason why they cast him in that movie was because he <clears throat> took it from horrifying film yeah. to funny action yeah. adventure yeah. film. Mm-hmm. But and, but in Hotel nice worked. Balance. No, yeah, but it, it was totally a great worked. Balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's it, look at Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones yeah. is always kind of being silly and then being super serious and it works one thing uh that 80s movies did better than every other everything ever and they did it in like every movie was you get to the beginning of act three where it's okay we have to prepare for the final battle level preparation for the wet bandits (laughs) it's it's the best part of every movie because if you go back and you look at like westerns what was the, I mean, the best part of Rio Bravo, the best part of high They're boarding up you know, the windows. Yeah, they're, it's the, okay, let's get ready for the final, you know, loading rock, the guns. Yeah. They do it in Young Guns. In Young Guns. That's yeah. probably one of the most yeah. powerful scenes of the movie. Um, and, and they do it in different contexts. I mean, in, in Rocky, you know, you've got the point where it's, you know, he's prepping for the final battle. Well, you know? and I think what makes the, the prep scene, what actually gives it a, a note of seriousness for this movie, despite how it maybe didn't age perfectly was the fact that they make sure that the grownups are safe and away from the house. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's where you yes. know that they're serious about like, we may not walk out of this, but we well, want to make sure mom and grandpa are it, okay. It's not, it, it is that, but it's also in an eighties movie, you've got the roadhouse way of doing it where the person you who's really someone's esophagus with a single punch. Well, well no, no <laughs> it, it, in roadhouse and in many other movies like it, you have the point where, the person you really care about or the main, the, the protagonist really cares about dies. And so it's yeah. like his girlfriend left him. She's gone. His father's dead. Right. Something like that. So now he can go into the battle and it's just a battle. It's yeah. me versus you asshole. And I'm going to kick your ass. And he's got nothing to lose. Yeah. Or it's like lost boys where it's, we're going to send all the good people away. Right. And now it's just the warriors fighting against the bad guys. And hilarious. so it's going to be a no holds barred, you know, fight. And it, it, it takes some of the consequences away. Which is, you know, well, because, you know, if if your wife or your kid are no longer in danger, then the consequence of the battle going bad is, well, your wife and kid aren't going to die. So it takes some of that away, but it makes it fun Mm -hmm. because now it's just, okay, go in there, Chuck Norris and kick their asses. Well, and you've got nothing. Yeah, you've got nobody to shield, nobody who's kind of dragging you backwards at the same time because your woman may not be a great fighter. Obviously, your kid probably isn't going to be. But yeah, that totally makes sense. But I also liked with the 80s movies is they didn't make the adults, the parent figures, stupid. I feel like so many... Shows from Nickelodeon to Disney, the parents are idiots. They're morons. The, the yeah. comedic character that are just so right. Yes, and and they did not do that. And I don't ever remember any eighties movie thinking See, Ferris I, Bueller's. I think I kind of stupid. I think that's why Stranger Things. Ignorant. Yeah, I think that's why Stranger Things worked so well as an eighties as a love letter to the eighties because the the kids. You know, okay, if you make the parents stupid, you're pandering to the children who mm-hmm. are watching your show. Yeah, and you're, you're not teaching the children You're not anything. teaching them anything. You need to give them an edge. <laughs> yeah, but if, if you watch, you know, E.T. or The Goonies or The Lost Boys, yeah. you know, the parents aren't morons, but the kids aren't morons either. They're just dealing with this as kind of clever kids dealing with it, yeah. you know? And that's why people who grew up in my generation are better. <laughs> uh, uh. QED. No, well, okay, mean, this would absolutely happen to me. Sorry to interrupt like, you, Alice. Okay. With, with Nanook being out in the yard, I would 100%. If there was a vampire running from my front yard and I was safe in my house, which it turns out they're not anyway, 
But if I thought that Millie was in any way in danger, I would absolutely run out to the yard to get her. That's a damn good well, dog. Well, yeah. No, of course you would. Well, if you, Sid, go you think if Sid was outside, I, I would. Oh, you'd run and then I mean, just football carry him back. Yeah. Aliens. They did that in all yep. the movies. Yep. The, yep. The, the pet had to be survived. That's why. That's why Aliens Three made me so mad. <laughs> the be- cat. Well, yeah. no, because in Aliens, uh, in Aliens Three, they they make a point. They go out of their way of basically establishing that you know, like, yay, she saved Newt. She died. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> well, it's true. He didn't. <laughs> well, he owes Nanook. Nanook saved him. I'm going to sing a power the ballad and then kill you. Yeah, yes. later. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since I first bathed in the garlic holy yeah, water. Yeah, November rain. <laughs> no. We've gone to every good <laughs> November rain, guns and roses. And dun, Nanook dun, saves dun, the dun, day dun. again. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I didn't even get wet, asshole. <laughs> He's a dog. He knows how to yeah. avoid a bath. Yeah, he exactly. Yeah, the, exactly. He pushes yeah. the vampire in. I am really bad. And Every then he time. licks his lips and yawns like, yeah, no big sick. deal. Yeah. No big deal. I love that they kept that instead of keeping like a growling <laughs> sequence. Yeah. What were you going to say? I yeah. always watch for animals in movies because like in the movie Cujo, mm. that St. Bernard is wagging his ha- tail the whole time. Yeah. He's yeah. attacking them. He's having... The time of yeah, the he's fire. having fun, and so I'm always like, okay, is the dog wagging his tail? That's, like <laughs> well, that's why I always compare Cujo to like Jaws because there was a level of misunderstanding of both animals <laughs> yeah. that it's like yeah. just because it's a big dog doesn't mean it's a vicious one. Like I, yeah. I understand that Cujo was crazy. I get, oh I get yeah, all look, of that. see, this is that you got the old <laughs> the plumbing in the house. <laughs> oh yeah, no, you got it. You got to get the vampire right out of that plumbing system. It's going to ruin the whole thing. Oh, leaky pipes. Oh, so do you have a vampires? septic tank or are you on city? Because if you're on septic, let me tell you you're gonna have some problems now vampires in your pipes uh we help the lethal weapon guys with the same we thing. do we can yeah help. we're great contract we'll fix any vampire clog for 29.99 so why does the vampire wait till he shines a light on him to jump down and just grab him dramatic like right effect because it's dramatic <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Why didn't I you don't kill him earlier? Part movies I love. <laughs> no, it's a, I'm glad. That's all we do. Jump on board yeah. with us. Yeah, that's what we're here for. Look, we my, take, yeah, even movies we love, we do it. Yeah, especially movies I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the thing. Fun. I mean, you know, it, it's, I love movies. <laughs> yeah, I can watch. <laughs> so what's happening right now? Um, he used a water gun with holy water in it. Oh, right. I forgot about the water guns. Like, no. Oh, God. Yeah, there was a comic I saw once where there was a guy who I thought this is the most the clever way of fighting uh, vampires. He got ordained like uh, o- over the Internet because you can do that. You yes, can get you ordained. Can. And then he blessed uh, his spit. And so if a vampire ever tried to attack him, he would just oh, spit in his Lord. face <laughs> and, and burn him. And I thought. That's using your noodle. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's. See, uh, you, I, see, I do wonder how they got a whole bathtub full of holy water. Yeah, they stole yeah, it from the yeah, church. Yeah, yeah. they, they filled their little water. I don't even think they they kept keep that much in the. I mean, it must have been one of the full baths. No, no, no. They, they must have like gone around to like every Catholic church in the entire town. <laughs> well, I think it was probably water. about a seventeen percent holy water solution. Oh. You know, they, pro- they probably went on the internet and they they you know kind said, of like well, vinegar. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Watered yeah. it down yeah. a little bit. So this it. is before yeah. internet. I mean, you know how much holy water has to be in the water. To kill the vampire. That's a good question. Can you dilute the holy water and just give them a very bad rash? Only if you, you know, build up the concentrate with the uh, garlic. But apparently garlic doesn't work on these vampires. No. <laughs> the holy. make no sense. Holy shit, that vampire exploded. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Death by stereo. Yeah. Right, long. 
<laughs> that is the 1980s yes. in in one sentence. Yes. That's it. That's how we wanted to kill the Soviets. <laughs> that, well, yeah. The attack of Eddie Munster is about to come up. Yeah. Yes. Ronald Brady, Reagan, sucking Brady Bunch. Ronald yes. Reagan and, and and John Rambo were going to go to the Moscow <laughs> and kill Gorbachev with a motherfucking stereo. <laughs> yes, and that would have been the greatest, most God. highest grossing movie in history. Oh, that that would have killed. I'd watch that today. Mm-hmm. Get Eisenhower in there, and you've got to win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kid vampires. God, kids. Well, I mean, Kirsten Dunst did that a few years later, and that was just as creepy. Like, kid vampires, there's just, there's something wrong about it. Like, yeah. it, it's so... That's why they're not supposed to be made into vampires. Yeah, yeah that's... They actually well, they did... into that in Twilight. Mm-hmm. There, there, was, uh, there was an episode of uh, the old show Highlander, the TV series. There can only be one. Where there was, a, there was a whole thing about a kid who had been made an immortal when he was, like, nine. Yeah. And he's like 500 years old now. Mm-hmm. And so he just plays on the whole kid thing and nobody suspects him of being anything because he's a kid. Well, that's apparently the thing. And I've read this not just in um, uh, Twilight, but multiple vampire stories where the whole problem with creating a child vampire is that they've never learned impulse control. So when... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. That is yeah, that's so true. when the bloodlust hits them, it hits them in a way that it doesn't hit adults because they'll just rampage an entire town yeah. in, you know, in one night and not even think about the fact that, oh, I've eviscerated an entire city. I should yeah. probably yeah. skip town now. Like, it... Apparently, that's go sit on the naughty step. You killed everyone in this town, young man. (laughs) But I and you did it in public, which embarrassed me. Now we have to move to Alaska. God. (laughs) But when you go to the Kristen, boom! So so seeing how you know at one point she wants to look like a woman. She's done with this. Yeah, she doesn't understand. Yeah, she doesn't understand why she can't grow up. Well, I think that was the thing in Highlander. Like the kid, like wanted to go to strip clubs and stuff and because because he's like and rated our movie yeah because it's like i'm 500 years old you know well once streaming came around the, i can the watch movie. ultra porn <laughs> <laughs> well now that the internet and streaming are around he doesn't have to worry about that but... that is true and vr yeah but i just i i wonder how much of a challenge i do much wonder uh what it would have been like to do this scene where uh michael and david are just clutching on each other with their contacts and snarling at each yeah. other and just it's it, they're so it's so awkward. <laughs> my blood is in your veins i was so in i was inside you Ew. wait <laughs> hang on he arrived <laughs> <laughs> so, so at all this point there's david confirming that it was his blood yeah that's true oh there you go all right that is- i just got schooled darth got schooled he really looks like he's enjoying it. He does. Yeah, that's, that's sort of the thing. Like, oh, that's... All he good. needs is a gimp suit. Yeah. Now, on, on oh. the DVD, they have the still photos, and part of that was a, a animatronics. Really? That they built of him, like a whole... Oh. A lot of the death scenes were... Oh, no wonder the rest of the movie has such came. terrible effects. They spent all the yeah, money they on blew, that. Yeah, they blew their money on the animatronics. <laughs> that's great. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not kill. It's so creepy. Because they had one of him, one of um, the guy for the stereo, and one of the bathtub guy. Michael. Michael. Did you kill the vampire? Michael. And I love this because 
Edward Herman comes in and everything just seems normal. Like, boys, what did you get into? Like, yeah. and there are all these dead bodies yeah. around. He, he goes, he goes full Ed Herman. Yeah, and, and that's it. Well, you know? and not just even before he becomes the vampire, because he sees dead Keeper Sutherland sort of touches his chest, and he's like, "Oh no, it seems my boy has got into a spot of trouble." And I was like, "That's the most underwhelming response I've ever heard to your coven <laughs> being mm-hmm. murdered." But. Not if that original ending was supposed to happen where yes, David wasn't yeah, actually yeah. dead. Yeah. He just got into a spot of trouble. Because it sort of makes it look like Ed Herman has been doing this for a long time and screwing it up. Like every this scene, is Vampire you know, like, Coven 5.0 uh, or whatever. Now I got to go start a new coven. Do you have any idea how much trouble that is? The paperwork alone. alone. <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember this scene with his reaction and... It was like, because they really did a good job of pushing the thought that he was involved at all. They did. Yeah. A way that just sitting here going, wait, why is he not freaking out? There's a dead right, guy with yeah. antler horns through his body. In his new girlfriend's house. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what this movie needs? Rick and Morty. <laughs> no, I was going to say Batman. Batman. <laughs> <laughs> it's always one or the other. I'm Batman. Well, the but, rule is every movie could be improved with the addition of Batman. I know. And Batman, would because he would just show up and beat the shit out of Ed Herman right now. Yeah, he mm-hmm. would. No, the real twist would be if the actual head vampire was the grandma from the Gilmore Girls. <laughs> <laughs> That's Kelly some Bishop, shit there. Oh, my God. Uh, no, I would believe her more than Edward Herman. I actually, vampire. yeah. Jesus, yeah. she's awesome. Yeah. Lorelai. <laughs> Lorelai. So You're a disappointing whore, Lorelai. <laughs> that is, this, just, my, this, my dear old girl, is not a mistake. <laughs> I just summed up the entire Gilmore Girls. You did? Yeah. Oh, that's exactly what it is. Rory's perfect. Lorelai's horrible. The end. Uh, but yeah, I, so Edward Herman, of all people, is the... The Grand Moff Tarkin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's and the Jar Jar Binks of this whole world. Oh, yeah. Ahmed Best, we love yeah. you. We love you so much, Ahmed. Yeah. Me's going to make you a vampire. Oh, God. Oh, uh. Just one big... And so, we, you know, we come to the crux of the plot is that Edward Herman, this was all his idea to get his vampire sons to turn Lucy's sons, Sam and Michael, into mm-hmm. vampires so that she wouldn't have any choice but to be his vampire I just, bride. I love that he does it and he still stick, sticks his tongue out a la Alice Cooper. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's like an Alice Cooper <laughs> Billy Idol moment yeah, where it's like, you know. it's a nice day for a vampire wedding. <laughs> Michael, no. Uh, yeah, Michael tries to save the day. Oh, I didn't think that through. No, not at all. <laughs> I'll attack you with this, but I won't attack you with the sharp pointy end. I'll run at you with it long ways. <laughs> yeah, this entire group of people can't do anything against the grand ha, ha, ha. First I'll kill you, then I'll give you a lecture on the day that hieroglyphics were interpreted for the first time. Do you understand that it's important to put 10% back from your paycheck, Samuel? <laughs> like, just, he's so not a vampire yeah. lord. Yeah, like, exactly, yeah. By the way, have you ever heard the real story about how World War II began? Let me tell you. Do you know that Christ wasn't born in December? <laughs> no, Ed Herman, no! Yeah, he's about to bite Sam, but then of all things that could possibly happen, the grandpa smashes through his own house, lethal weapon style. Hell yeah. 
and impales it. it, it, Thankfully, there's that banister right in the way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That aimed perfectly through Ed Herman's chest and killed the lead vampire. And it is nice that at the end of the movie, it's the old guy who saves everybody. Mm -hmm. The crotchety old guy who's like, yeah, you bunch of young idiots. I'll I'll show up and save your asses. He seems so Just like I did in World War One. But he seems so worthless up until this point because he smokes weed, he's passed out on the porch, and then even the night that Michael is out You realize you're describing at least three presidents. You said it. I did. I said squanch. I didn't say the other. No, but seriously, the the grandpa seems kind of useless the entire time. But then, even when Michael's out all night and he's like, "Well, at least somebody besides me got laid." Like <laughs> nothing, nothing about the grandpa can be taken seriously. And then he saves the day. Yeah, exactly. It's a Superman ending. Yeah, and, it is. Like my teachers used to tell me in school all the time, like when we would write stories, I don't want a Superman ending. Yeah. Don't give me Dorothy wakes up from her dream and yeah. it was all it, it was all fake. I want a real ending. I want you to resolve the problems that you create for your characters. Don't do the Superman shit where he flies in and saves the day. Poor laddie. And then it's over. Poor laddie. <laughs> <Ew>. Poor lord. <laughs> Who's we Irish? Talk, we talk about the running away in this final scene when Michael comes out and attacks Edward Herman. Yes. I think at that Freezing. point, if I was stuck. He arrives in that out. room that I would have gone out that back door behind me. I would yeah. have just turned around and run. Yes, yes. The, I would have the gotten moment in a ve- I saw yeah. Michael's face, I would have yeah. been out that door. I would have gotten in a vehicle with gasoline in it and driven yes. away very quickly <laughs> and gone to a different town. Yes. With gasoline? Yes. Or, um, and I would have gone to a church and I would have lived <laughs> yes. there. Yes. Exactly. Well, no, I would have gone to a gun store, bought everything they had, then gone to a church and then lived there. But I'd need silver <laughs> bullets, so that would be the hard part. But that's for vampires. I mean, that's for werewolves. Well, actually, in some more, in True Blood, silver works. True. (laughs) They don't establish better than Twilight. I'm going to give you that. Well, okay. (laughs) What is it? Yes, yes. I mean, yeah, that's a pretty low bar. Alexander Skarsgård, I love you. I always will. But yeah, Next so up, now. ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I love that Amazon just has a movie queued up for me. And in this case, it <laughs> says, it's Jaws. Speaking of which, um, Allison brought an amazing collection. The shark. She brought the shark pop doll version of Jaws, <laughs> chewing on the oxygen how, tank. Real quick, how would you like to be credited as Surf Nazi number four? I, awesome. <laughs> I'm in. So, um, and then see, so the Kelly Joe mentor I was telling um, Darth. Darth. Yes. This earlier. Uh, Not that they don't know my name yeah, at this it point. It really doesn't matter. At yeah. This point. <laughs> I give up. Kelly Jominter has maybe two scenes where she turns around and looks into the movie. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, this was the days before internet and stuff. And I did, couldn't figure out who this fourth girl was that they kept that was in the, the credits. Yeah. It, I, it, that would drive me nuts. And I finally I sat down and watched Mark Carmen's <laughs> Summer School. And her name appeared in the credits. And I was able to figure out who she was. And it isn't until, you know, later on when they actually made special features that I ever saw her actually have a speaking part. But she really turns around and looks over her shoulder like once or twice. She's working in the video store with Dean Wiest. So what's the story there? Her her part was just completely just just almost completely cut out. It's her working in the video store and there's like one of the scenes it's established that he doesn't he only comes in at night. Mm Mm-hmm. I and so they just can't all that light no more <laughs> of your darkness <clears throat> but yeah that was one of the the crazy things i got obsessive over find figure out who this kelly joe mentor chick was 
Well, you know, and that's the thing in the 80s because you didn't have the internet. Mm-mm. I remember as a kid, one of my, well, no, this would have been, I was a teenager, I think, when this movie came out. Um, when toys, he was young man. <clears throat> yeah, Toy Soldiers. Yes. Oh, awesome movie. Friggin' incredible movie. Like my favorite teenager action movie ever. And it's got Louis Gossett Jr. in it. It does. And the United States Army. That movie that movie Legit. has that yeah. movie has more US Army involvement than Top Gun had Navy. Really? Oh my god, there's so much army in that movie. I have to go back and rewatch it. There are Blackhawks, Apaches, Hummers, I mean the whole nine yards. Huh. And at the end of the movie Apache, jump on it. <laughs> what the fuck? He wasabi. <laughs> You almost made me spit out my variant beer earlier, so I felt the need to get you back. Meanwhile. (laughs) Oh, but quick shout out. Uh, We'll get back to the Apache, but our ratio has gotten sadly down to one as far as variant beers for this particular episode because uh, Jason's still watching his girlish figure, y'all. But um, I'm drinking my skinny bitch. But <laughs> yep. But your beloved Darth actually changed your flavor up again, and I'm drinking something called blackberry saison, which is really delicious. And I actually had a little bit of it, and it is incredibly good. It's legit. <laughs> if you want a good sipping beer, yes. And good, I, yeah. I've gotten through. But what do they very call little it? of this beer? What, what's the name that they call it? Oh, the VA. VA2? Two, yes. Yeah. It, it, yeah. But on the menu, it's called the Blackberry Saison if you actually visit the brewery. Oh. So, uh, but this is just how the Crowler was marked. But once again, we're going to uh, promote our favorite Stargate uh, variant brewing in downtown Roswell. Still a Georgia. mall ring mall in the breakfast club. Interesting. Oh, there you go. No, yeah, I told you the, uh, the poster. In uh, Sam's room. Yeah, 16. But they said Breakfast Club. Oh, Breakfast Club. Okay, sorry. My bad. But I say, I hear Molly Ringwald and I just <laughs> like start putting all the, uh, all those movies together. Ferris Bueller. Uh-huh. Yeah. John um, Hughes movies together. But yeah, so that was our shout out to Brew- uh, Variant Brewing. Go visit it. It's delicious. If It's very good. Yes, we've all been. We've all enjoyed it. But um I'm the only one drinking a Crowler tonight, but I thought I would mention the fact that I changed my flavor, so check them out at variantbrewing.com, guys. But So apparently, according to Jason, Toy Soldiers had more army, like Apache, literally everything in it, Yeah, and any there, other movie ever. Yeah, and, and there was this big sort of, uh, uh, not big, but there was a, a thing at the end where it, um, um, it had some phrase where it said, like, it was the name of the production company, I said, mm-hmm. I, th- I think. But as a kid, I thought that it was sort of like a James Bond-esque hint that there was going to be a sequel. Okay. And I was so obsessed with when is the sequel to Toy Soldiers coming out? Because I I love this movie so much. And of course, it never has. And that's, in retrospect, probably a very, very good thing. (laughs) But God, I love that movie. We got to do that one. Well, because when Uh you're kids, and that's what Michael Eisner took rampant advantage of when he was in charge of too much of Disney and... uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. But when you're a kid, all you want is more of the same story. You're not really concerned with the quality. You're not uh, even the Aladdin sequels. I couldn't honestly tell you in detail what they're about anymore. Uh, I just remember loving the genie. 
Well, I mean, we watched The Lion King. Uh, my son had never seen The Lion King, so we watched it this weekend. Before and... you took him to the live action one, I would have... Uh, we're not going to go see the live action. Thank God. Oh, no. God. I have no interest in that I, movie. Yeah, it's Literally sort of... none. Yeah, it's sort of like Aladdin. I. It's not that it's a live action. It's a live action remake. And I don't exactly. really... I don't need a remake of a movie that I know is really good. Remake a bad movie. That's what Hollywood needs to do. Yes. They need to find a movie that was terrible. What do you have to lose? Yeah, exactly. Go remake a bad movie, but make it good. Yes. You kind know? of like Allison's whole idea of, you know, making a Lost Boys, but making it menacing and scary and spooky. That'd you be awesome. You need to change it. But, like, when, when an 80s remake that got me, because it was another one of my films that I always watched, went back to watch, was Red Dawn. Oh, and they fantastic. Movie. Fantastic movie. <laughs> yeah. Then they remade it. And my first question was when the yeah. remake is the first one took place during the Cold War. We mm-hmm. actually had... Yeah, so who were the villains going to be? Right, exactly, exactly. So there wasn't that outward paranoia, I guess, what, what you call there it. There wasn't that cultural paranoia, yeah, yeah where everyone was, was experiencing the bad it. bad Russians and, right. and, and, you know, the communism. So you didn't have that piece to it. However, there were parts of the movie that I did enjoy, mm-hmm. but it was, it was more smaller things details that they added okay because like at one point in the newer version that they go into a subway and the people at subway are like giving them all their food and stuff to for the kids to take back up in the town Uh, i enjoyed seeing how the town was it wasn't reacting to them it just yeah what it was they were helping them but then i felt that they took away some of the 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 death scene with Charlie Sheen and Patrick Swayze at right. the end yeah. of yes. Dawn, yeah. they completely yeah. do away with that. It, well, in the way and, that Thor dies, it's just yeah. so sudden. It's so and, fast. And yeah. he, had, he had Patrick Spoiler Swayze's character. <laughs> all across. Yeah. No, we do that all the time. Well, but, see, and I'm okay with the sudden, shocking death thing. They they do that every every once in a while. You get, you get a movie or a TV show. Um, what was that? A Scorsese film with um, DiCaprio in it. Um, oh, The Departed? The Departed. Yeah, The Departed. But the thing with The Departed is that death scene is like the best death scene ever because it's how death actually happens, which is like you've got a dude that you're keeping up with and bam, he's dead. Well, and I actually, oh, I was so proud of myself. I called that movie because they dismissed Marky Mark about halfway through it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Marky Mark's coming back and he is, he's, owning business he's yeah. gonna come back and everything's yeah. going down and i was 100 right yeah absolutely. oh my god i was so proud of myself for calling that movie it was so good god that movie was brilliant but you liked that character from the departed yes as, oh as yeah. Much yeah. As, yeah as much as i like chris, chris helmsworth as an actor the care that him and it wasn't even him just taking over patrick swayze's role yeah they it how they presented him it just wasn't it wasn't I didn't the feel same the thing. same yeah. way. I yeah. didn't. Yeah. There was no connection between these two brothers. They were right. This the whole movie. They don't do that anymore. Was... It's like they can't get families right anymore in movies. Where you know the older brother, younger brother, the the Goonies, the Josh Brolin, you know, Big yeah, Brother, and Sean and, Astin. And yeah, Sean so yeah they they can't. For some reason, it's like they just don't know how to do that. And well, I think what they're doing is they're trying to appeal to too many people at once. They're trying to get mm-hmm. too many popular actors in one space yeah. at one time. Yeah. It's kind of like Ocean's Eleven when they remade it. I would say that the first George Clooney Ocean's Eleven was great. 
That like one did a one. good job. Well, you but know, then they started doing sequels, yeah. and then they just started adding. Well, what was the last joy- one where it was like Ocean's Ocean's Eight with the women? Uh, yeah, John Mulaney's got a joke about that too, Jason. <laughs> no, I won't do it. Yeah. But um, but no, but they're literally just pandering. Like, oh, we've got Mindy Kaling. We've right, got yeah. What, what, I don't even know that she was in it, but like we've got Rihanna. We've got uh, uh, who all was even in? I didn't see. I it. don't even. <laughs> I mean, Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway, I think. Yeah, she's in it. Yeah. Um, but the thing with Ocean's Susan. Eleven is that Ocean's Eleven, the original one, came out so long ago. That it's okay that it's they like, remade it's, it. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I remember this from yeah. when I was five, and now they've and remade it, really, it 20 years and it later. And really, it really wasn't a remake. It was a totally new movie, mm-hmm. loosely based on elements from the original movie. Yeah. You know, and but you can't make... And I've said this before about in, in, in the context of the music industry, you can't make Ocean's Eleven today because there is no Rat Pack because there cannot be a Rat Pack. No. It's- For one reason, the Rat Pack were a group of actors and musicians who could tell the studios and the labels exactly what to do. That's yes. why there is, there's no Rolling so Stones rare. today. Mm-mm. There's no Pink Floyd today. Nope. Because the Rolling Stones... If they don't like what a studio wants them to do, they'll say, fuck you, studio, and not We're do it. We're going somewhere. Few people have that kind of power they, anymore. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what happened with the Paul Feig uh, Ghostbusters. It's just that it could have been great, and it had these individual actors who were so strong, but if the they chemistry had, but wasn't they, there. No, if they had written a solid script. Yes. The also disconnect with that one is one of the things that put it off, and it was an article I read, was... Two of the four women were divas and were uh, clashing very hard yeah, with each exactly, other. Okay, yeah. now I have to so tell the John Mulaney the... joke. Go for it, go for it. No, because he seriously, and, and this was years ago, John Mulaney called this before this movie ever happened. He, uh, It's one of his bits and he goes, you could never make a movie like Ocean's Eleven with a group of women because two of them, it's like they would all be talking shit about each other or rather two of them would be breaking off all the time to talk shit about the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, they'd well, be breaking into the safe and it'd be like, oh, Susan, I love how you just wear anything. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. they just go back to breaking into the vault. But it just, it doesn't, it just doesn't well, translate. And there's no yeah. chemistry. Somebody asked um, um, Jeremy Clarkson, they said, okay, you know, Hello. basically, if you hadn't left Top Gear the way you did and instead you were sort of you know handing it off to a new generation that sort of thing Desert well, Island yeah and that's what he said yeah he said you, first of all what you have to do is get these people together put them on a desert island and you have to get that intimate chemistry together because that's what those guys were doing that's, all the time that was the whole show was Hammond May and Clarkson pissing and each they, other off and their relationship to each other not having it because and yeah I think it was a Will Ferrell it was one of those memes with Will Ferrell on it where he had the 80s glasses with the 80s backdrop like he was taking a photo shot like I don't know but it was like never marry a person until you've seen how they react to a slow internet connection <laughs> and it's the same <laughs> concept yes never like and he's got that Clarkson's got that so yeah. right because Go yeah. on a trip internationally with someone. Mm-hmm. Get wildly inconvenienced. Get hungry. Get yeah. grumpy. See how bad that person's yeah. going to be. Smell their farts. Well, I can't yeah. do that no yeah. matter what. Well, but I you know, I mean, smell. and you can look at examples like with Mythbusters. Okay, Mythbusters was canceled mm. 
But what happened before they canceled Mythbusters? They got rid of the build team, uh, Jamie and Carrie and Grant. Mm -hmm. And what you were left with was Adam and Jamie. And the problem is that all of a sudden we realized Adam and Jamie don't have any chemistry together. They actually don't like each other. And it's pretty yeah. obvious. That's why they're doing. They're not on a show together now. No, like, that's Adam's why Adam's got Mythbusters. Adam, Adam's got it. Well, Adam Junior? Uh, Savage Builds just premiered. Uh, oh, yeah, it's really oh, good. Sorry, I'm mixing them up. Jer- uh, one's got Mythbusters Junior and Adam's no, at, no, he's he does both. Oh, he's I don't, I don't, both. I don't oh, okay, think. Yeah, I don't think Jamie's Jamie's he's not doing anything. He's he's not uh, okay. in, you know fronting a TV show. Um, but you know, and that's the thing. It's that's what they can't make nowadays because there's this terror in the industry, like. I want to go see Top Gun because of Tom Cruise. And I'll Val say that. <laughs> well, I think Val Kilmer's part's going to be pretty small. No, I think I think this is going to be like his Carrie Elway style comeback because we had a moment where like people were... were He's kind of doing like, pretty bad health-wise. I know he is, yeah. but you never know. Like, and I'm it. not saying that Carrie Elway was ever doing bad health-wise. My literal favorite celebrity, Carrie, you're my favorite man in the entire world and you would always know this. <laughs> anyway, Did you watch Psych? The TV show Psych. I, I watched it. Okay, I've I, seen it, yeah. I Psych is not a great show, but I love it. <laughs> it's a fun. It's, it's a, fun, it's a show. fun show. It's a fun show. I love the characters. It's, in it? Yeah, Carrie Elway's is a recurring. He's like oh, the, then now I'll watch it. No, Carrie Elway's plays the super bad guy. Then now I will one hundred percent watch he, it. He he is established as the super bad guy, but then it becomes that character that he's the super bad guy that. For some reason, they have to be on the same side with him, uh, and it's awesome. Sort of yeah, thing. because it's awesome because it's Carrie Elway. And- no, but like what I'm saying about Val Kilmer versus like Carrie always did not go out the deep in the way Val Kilmer did, but he, you know, he had the brown hair and liar liar, and people didn't know what to do with that. It, they, there was just a violent reaction to like, oh my god, what is what is he doing? Not looking like Wesley from The Princess Bride. Right, yeah. Val Kilmer went way off the deep end, but I think. If Val Kilmer wants this to be, this could be. I would I would love it if that was point. true, but I suspect that in the trailer for Top Gun Maverick, the casket you see, I have oh, I have a feeling no! I have I have a real feeling that's Iceman's uh, casket. <laughs> are we sure it's not a flashback to Goose? <laughs> no, no. I would, well, we know he died. Yeah, yeah. But you, see, you know, and he died pretty realistically too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they actually said. Hey, what's the most dangerous thing about being in this plane, the F-14? And they said, oh, yeah, it's a flat spin. Yep. And totally that's what the killed him was being spin. in a flat spin, you know? <laughs> um, well, the movie is over, uh, as you may have noticed. Because we've been babbling <laughs> yes. about other stuff that we're very excited about. Um, but uh, I just want to say uh, this was a, a, a bunch of fun. Uh, oh, and I, big and, time. And I actually think that we stayed closer to the movie in this episode than we have in any other episode. So well done us. Yes. I told you this. Yes. Give us a round of applause. I told you this guest would be good and very talented at that. Yes. But the problem is there's people in Australia going, what the hell? They're just talking about the bloody movie. (laughs) We know that that was a very British accent. I can't get drunk to this. Foster's. It's not what's for drinking. It's Um, Canadian. (laughs) But uh, yes, this was a whole lot of fun. Allison, it, it's been fun to see you again ever since yeah. our production of Much Ado About Nothing, where uh, we knew Allison was the real deal, guys, because after all of our rehearsals, she'd be like, guys, I've got this great YouTube video yes, that I've got yes, to show yes. you. <laughs> and at first, it just started with the three of us. It would be me and her and Jason. And then uh, 
our co-stars started drumming up because they heard us laughing so hard that they're like, what are these three getting into? Okay, let's check this out. So, well, you know, and I think this is the first episode. So we did, um, the Rocco's modern life. This is, I think this is the first episode where we're at like over two hours right now. And nobody said autoerotic asphyxiation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. Listeners, here's the big thing is that, You'll actually get to hear your beloved Darth say those words in an upcoming episode. I'm not going to tell you which one. I refused to say it for a while, but the boys finally tricked me into saying it or something. One of the Adams. I got frustrated. No, it was you or Adam. Yeah, yeah, one of the Adams. All the Adams. All the Adams Adams look alike. (laughs) um, Except that one, he's the good Adam. Yeah, that one that we actually like. The other ones suck. Um, but seriously, uh, we this has been an absolute blast. So, Allison, thank you so much ah, for joining anytime. us in studio. And we will definitely have to have you back. So you pick another movie that you love, and we will get you back here lickety-split. Yeah, and, That's and, a huge list, so... Uh, <laughs> we can... Hey, just keep coming back. <laughs> we, like we, we don't have much to do. Yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have social lives. We don't have anyway. hobbies. Yeah, you know. Um, well, on that note, and I do want to say, please go out to Instagram yes. and check out the pictures because uh, you have to see this shark and you have to see our little, uh, especially <laughs> little David, because he's eating little Chinese. David. He's eating Chinese food. Yes. Um, Are they maggots? <laughs> no, it's Chinese. Not food, Chinese food. Um, but go out there, check us out uh, at uh, Hindsight is horrifying. Uh, we Instagram. got there first. We got it there. Yes. Um, screw you, Twitter. <laughs> And uh, but you can see us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at North Foggy. Um, on Twitter only, I am at Darth underscore Jader underscore. I do not exist on the Instagram except through our hindsight is horrifying, which promotes the hell out of my lifestyle anyway. So I don't feel yes. the need to have an Instagram. Yes. Uh, Allison, is there any place uh, that people can find you online that you'd like to share, or any upcoming projects, or anything that you would like to yeah, share? Yeah, are you are you working on anything with Act One right now? Uh, just the props, um, starting on that for the production of Big, uh, Big the musical, the musical, which is coming up. Uh, what are the what are the show dates for Big the musical so people can check it out? Do we? Okay, <laughs> the, um, this is well, me, by the way. This is me pulling a straight face. I'm not making any comments on. The selection we'll of do that once musical. we get off the microphone yeah. mm-hmm. um so anyway what darth will do is she'll oh, get thinking i will <laughs> thank you for that um i will put uh, any announcements that you would like for us to include in the show notes okay. when i describe awesome. that you were on the show so thank you so much for coming on uh any final thoughts uh for this movie that you picked today it was a blast i think it's a great movie and it and it does oh Alta Seinfeld. oh yeah that's true okay this is this is a tough one this is um, so let's let's familiarize Allison. So and I've I've done this a couple of times. So Jason, why don't you explain it this time? Well, the, the we we have scientifically, um, and we're still waiting on, on yeah we're still waiting on recognition from the uh, uh, Institute of uh, Standards, um, <laughs> but we have scientifically devised a scale with which to analyze movies from the eighties, nineties, etc. Which is to say, is it a movie? Not just that a movie that held up, mm-hmm. but imagine a movie that you watched as a kid and you thought, oh, it's fantastic. I love this movie. And then you watch it as a grown up and you go, that was a big pile of poo. <laughs> oh, God. I've had this. Yeah. Um, which we use ALF 
as the reference yes. uh, uh-huh. setting for that because Alf is a, as kids Alf was like the best. I never liked it. I see. I I loved it as a kid, and it's it's uh, as an adult, it's just so I was, bad. I was right there when it aired so on bad. TV, but I could not get into Alf. <laughs> well, the opposite end of the spectrum is Seinfeld, which Seinfeld and and Darth and I have a little different view of this. I I love Seinfeld from the beginning. She didn't. To her, Seinfeld was like being in a grocery store with your mom. Your mom runs into one of her friends and then proceeds yep. to have a 45-minute conversation about whatever the hell it was your parents Torture. talked about. Paints or stuff. No, uh, paneling. Wood uh, paneling. We just redecorated yeah. the house. Yeah. Acorn yellow, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Yak, yak, yak. And meanwhile, you're looking around the grocery store reading every box of cereal trying to entertain yourself. But then you True watch story. it as an adult and you realize, oh my God. God, this is good. Jesus. This is fantastic. So the Alf to Seinfeld scale is sort of the 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 reference. It's the reference okay. scale for saying, how does it relate to you then? Or how did it relate <laughs> to you then? But how is it now? With Alf being the worst. With Alf being the worst being and Seinfeld being the best. I would say putting it still closer to the Seinfeld. I, I, I was not disappointed when I rewatched it last night. In fact, my... 15-year-old watched it with me, and he's like, that was pretty good. That he still could enjoy it as well. Even with the dated and the special effects. Yeah, I actually have to say, I sort of enjoyed it more watching it now than I did whenever I was younger Mm -hmm. watching it. When I was younger, for, uh, you know, whatever reasons, eh, it was good, eh, you know. But I wasn't a huge fan of it. Now I'm watching it going... (laughs) This is pretty fantastic is, for what it is. I would give it. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna give it a seven. That's my vote. Seven. This. This was one of the two movies that I could do line for line when I was a kid. I What's watched the other it one that Allison? many times. Breakfast Club. Yes. That's a lot so of cocaine. Gotta do- <laughs> that is a lot of cocaine. We got to do that movie too. And I think. Um, what was the other one? Breakfast Club. Oh Breakfast yeah, Club. yeah. And uh, one of our former. I guests- thought you said seven. Sorry. <laughs> Well, for me, this movie, I'd say this movie receives a solid 6.5. That's where it exists. Okay. On the scale. Yeah. Considering yeah, yeah, I yeah, never yeah. saw it as a child. So uh, there you go. Or I, I a would, younger person. I don't yeah. Know. I, I don't think this has fallen as being not. It's It still remains one of my favorite films. So I'm going to say probably eight to nine. I'm okay. Probably not go. my yeah, favorite anymore. But. Well, you know, one interesting thing about this is I'm looking over at the screen right now. At and, recommended and, movies. Yeah, well, no, I was actually looking at the picture uh, because one thing you'll notice, like if you go to Amazon today and you look for The Goonies, mm-hmm. you'll yeah. see a picture that you've never seen before because it's not the movie poster of The Goonies. The Lost Boys, that is very close to the yeah, actual movie want. poster mm-hmm. for The Lost Boys that I saw when I was a kid. I still have mine. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's that, mm-hmm. you know, um, with the girl who, you know, star sort of looks like Jennifer Connelly in that yeah. picture. God, um, he's obsessed with Jennifer Connelly. Oh, she's get... in the new Top Gun. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. I knew that yeah. was. They just said, let's get Jennifer Connelly and give her Kelly McGillis hair. We just need for Jason to come and see this movie. How do we do that? Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, somebody said. Yeah, so yeah. my movie poster with them is not an actual movie poster, um, but it, it's the it has a green background and it's the full cast, not with All the right. older people in it. But it's cool. and it's not like it's a different one. It got um, it was uh, 
but it is very worn, and my mom at one point laminated it, and you can see where it sort of like moved. my pictures of Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> <laughs> it's frozen. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> the right people in the room will get that joke. Chandler, same joke, different show. The right people will get it. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Anyway. Uh, All right, well, folks, I'm going to go home and watch Career Opportunities. Of course you uh, are. And <laughs> uh, but yes, Allison, we would love to have you back anytime. Okay. Uh, so please come back and join us. And listeners, as always, thank, thank you. you. Absolutely. Uh, we, we really enjoyed having you here. And listeners, as always, thank you from Dark Jader and Jason Mitchell for joining us for your drive time, your listening time of any sort. Thank you for joining us once again and stay tuned for more exciting episodes of Hindsight is Horrifying. Good night, folks. Bye.